0: three two one and uh, we're live hey, everyone welcome back to let's take this online with me digital Hoos samuel haj um i have a very very special guest on someone i've been trying to get him on for quite a while now and he's been he's been difficult to get but i did a close personal friend of mine uh i call him ozzy call him ozman ozman how do you want know pronounce it Osman is uh, right. Osman, funny, there you go. Yeah. Uh, last name? I've no idea how your last name. Burgery. Burgery, because there's always the R that I always miss. I it's either Burgery. There's an R that, that, before the G. I can't believe I've known this guy for so long. He still doesn't know how to pronounce my name. How do you pronounce my last name? Um, Al Hajj. Al Hajj, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, very good friend of mine. We uh, met him in uh, when I was media agencies. That's right. Um, I was agency side. He's publisher side. Correct. So glad you're here. Thank you so much, man. Thanks Thank for joining so me. One yeah. of the Few few publisher side people I actually like. <laughs> I say that I say that with, with a big emphasis on few. <laughs> very very thin, <laughs> like thin vein, and I'm sure I'm one of the few agency side people he likes. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I didn't actually say that. No, man. he didn't say that. I <laughs> made that up. Sorry. <laughs> and um, yeah, man. So how long have you been in Dubai for? Uh,
1: this this is my I'm celebrating my 10, ten years this month. Ten years. Yeah, oh, well, you have yeah.
0: like three years over me. Uh, exactly. You'd you, you be out for murder now <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, yeah. for good behavior. And uh, wh- wh- where did you where, where do you originally? You're originally Irish, right? Yeah, yeah, Nor- Northern Irish, but mixed race. Okay, well, did you yeah. study in Ireland? Is that where you began? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised in
1: Ireland, Dublin. Uh, no, uh, that's Southern Ireland. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Northern, sorry, from Northern Ireland. Sorry, sorry. sorry. And um, island of Ireland, as they island say. Island of yeah. Ireland. No, I went to, went to uni in a beautiful city called Derry. I don't know Derry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I studied graphic design. Which moved into graphic uh, design. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah, exactly. I did not man. know that about David you. Carson was. Uh, do you know David Carson? No, the Ray Gun magazine. Yes, I do. Yeah, exactly, man. So it was, it was surfers and skaters uh, that got me into like v- Viscom, and okay. then from there, then it was just it was they launched this course called. Uh, it was interactive media. Okay. So it was graph design with interactive media, basically the footsteps
0: of the web or like web design. You still have the
1: skills or you're completely forgotten? Completely. Yeah. Completely
0: perished at do you, this stage. Did I ever tell you I started off as engineer? No way, man. Yeah. I did a year of civil engineering. Yeah. Before realizing this is not what I want to do the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of just moved right into marketing, did a master's in marketing, and I've yet to use my master's in anything. Yeah, me too. And I done went on to do a
1: master's in computing and design, learned coding and okay. all that. But again, pure perishable skill. And, uh, <laughs>
0: right. But look at us now. Look at us now. <laughs> it's,
1: it's just complete <laughs> titans of industry. Yeah, <laughs> <You> know, <yeah. laughs>
0: that's just a good example. People listen, what you say university might not ever be the topic you freaking do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We could do a podcast on what not to study at uni, <laughs> yeah, right. more, couldn't we? You know, uh, yeah. you know what? Honestly, I've, I've gone to a point is I don't know if I believe in traditional education anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a bit of a scam. It's the idea that you invest. 70, 80, 70 to eighty, ninety thousand dollars into three, four years, especially with an MBA. I had a good friend who done an MBA from like an Ivy League, yeah. and he said like, the only reason I put in this one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, this is, I just wanted keys. Yeah. I wanted the keys to get in there, and, 100%. The, and that's what it. Is and it took him. I think he's still paying it off now, but um, again, it's like I'm still paying off my student loan.
0: Yeah, still paying it off. Won't finish till next year. Gee, it's crazy, man. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy, it's crazy. yeah. So I always tell people, like, listen, like, if you want to be a doctor. You want to be an engineer. Yeah. You want to be a mathematician. Yeah, yeah. A psychologist. Yeah. Go to university. Yeah. But you want to get into media, into marketing, into project management, like project management. You want to be an influencer. You want to be a server. Man, don't even go to university. Influencer's take, not a job. Yeah. Well, <laughs> some people make a lot more money than you and I. And true. True, man. <laughs> and I tell people like, if you're going to do that, take the money. You're going to spend university and go travel the world. Yeah. The life experience will be much better for you. Definitely work as many different jobs
1: as you can yeah. from from all aspects. Um, so, how, how did you get into media? So, media… Uh, so, you, graphic design, coding, how did you transition to media? Yeah, I was I was client-side for so long because, again… In
0: Ireland? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so Which well, industry?
1: Uh, big finance. I was okay. finance and
0: insurance. Okay, very and, cool.
1: And uh, a really, really big one. And, and what were you doing client-side? So, clients, uh, so, client-side, I would have been helping the sales team mm-hmm. build proposals to pitch to like the like the like top their top 300 group schemes. Okay. Um, so, it was good. So, it was corporate marketing, like pure B2B. Okay. And, would uh, you count that as business
0: development, kind of?
1: Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But this, this, uh, this organization was so massive that they were the incumbent. They were the largest private health insurer and uh, finance house in Ireland. So what happened then was my remit was to kind of help the, uh, the sales team who I loathed at the time, um, to kind of go off and win business. And they loved it because it really helped them do with collateral. And Interesting. it was, it was, it was a really good learning experience because I think the way my career, I've always either been an internal client so yeah, so I've always had internal clients. Okay. I've been like an internal agency. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's kind of similar to you that what we were doing, what we were actually doing internally that there was a huge requirement for, and you'd have the likes of say sales team come to you, you have the likes of say marketing, say, we need this, this, and this. And okay. It was, it was good fun. So that's why I was like, look, why am I doing this? Why am I an internal agency? Why not just be properly work on supplier side? Exactly. and then handle clients that way. And it's just so much more okay. rewarding. And did you go supplier
0: side, uh, supplier side in Ireland or only here? Here. Yeah, yeah. So you moved here. directly from client side Ireland to publisher side, supplier so, side. So client, client
1: side Ireland to client side uh, Dubai. Okay. Uh, Which for, industry in Dubai? Also so, finance? Yeah. Uh, so, t- so tourism then. Moved into tourism. Okay. So after, after the first uh, client side job in Ireland, I moved into uh, online classifieds. Okay. Uh, and then after that, then that boosted me into, uh, I was offered a good job in Abu Dhabi. Uh, online tourism, okay, and it was good. It was an APAC role, so it was, a, it was a, as you rightly said. there's a lot of traveling involved. Okay, but the traveling was great because you go sit and say some of these
0: huge. And what, big... and what was your role doing in tourism? Was it like marketing related? It
1: was it was mainly econ mainly econ, econ, launching, like... launching and building kind of. D- digital So it was like a land and expand.
0: Um,
1: Did you do everything in house,
0: or were you using like an agency for your marketing, your media campaigns? A bit of both. So you
1: would you done? You would have managed. Uh, we call them general sales agents okay when in the companies that you didn't have a presence so you'd have, say taken mm, okay, okay, okay. yeah you' taken like a like a, a rep or an agency and they would have kind of built your book of business but mm-hmm. you would have given them collaterals and stuff like that and managed the p l um, When was this 2009? Yeah,
0: 2000 yeah and yeah 2009
1: okay. yeah and then I thought look um uh, back then digital you, was still in its
0: infancy right I don't honestly when I first got to by 2012 2013 uh digital had literally just started yeah yeah like it was 10 percent of your media spend or something yep. like yeah it was 10, nothing 15 percent of your media spend. It yeah, yeah it was, it was nothing. nothing yeah yeah
1: like billboards radio tv n- TV, newspaper. Was tv was king yeah yeah 80 percent of your media spend was tv and the, the you imagine there imagine the kickbacks on that oh you yeah know, in t- terms of in terms of out of home it was crazy
0: even yeah. even you, did you know that actually started offline planning for really, six yeah. months
1: no way and I realized this is not what I want to do. Buying up like uh, TV spots, TV and stuff planning, like yeah. Because yeah. first of all,
0: I found I thought directly that the way we're playing TV is wrong. Mm. It's wrong. You're using yeah. you're using a market research company that does uh, that does market research uh, surveying over a sample size of a thousand. Yeah, would yeah. literally ask people how many TVs you have in the house. Yeah, yeah. How many people watch TV? Yeah, yeah. What? What shows you like to watch Yeah, and yeah. Uh, hey, what advertising you, you remember seeing. It's all so subjective. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, exactly. And it does not make sense to me. It was such an immature market. And it was yeah. just pure spray and pray. It is. And every single
1: cliche that we know today about media probably started back then. Oh, Ed. definitely. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just didn't matter. Yeah. And um, well, I thought, look, I'm going to get involved in this. and I'm going to be client side for a uh, Fortune 500 um, fragrance and skincare company. Because I wanted to learn about prestige retail. Mm. And my ambition back then was retail. Mm. Dubai Mall had just opened, and you saw this just like frenzy. In, in, uh, it must have crazy, right? It was, it was cool, man. It was cool
0: because... Because this was like right after the crash,
1: right? Correct. Yeah, so, yeah. And then things were on the way back up. Correct. And what was happening was that you had... Um, the Middle East was seen as untapped, largely then, mm-hmm. and... Um, it, then it became a cash cow. The profit margin and some, some things were selling was 40%. Oh, wow. And uh, there was no, there was almost no cost for them because they would be within a free zone and they'd be controlling, say, the likes of their mm-hmm. retailers. I set it a free mm-hmm. zone, you know, the Gelsha's and stuff like that. So it was really, really powerful to be part of that and build all that for a couple of years. Then after that, then I kind of found my passion back in automotive. Because
0: I, I know that about you love cars. Yeah, genuinely. Yeah. yeah. Is that something you just all your life? It's
1: it's a difference of um, one of the worst things if you really have a huge knowledge of a passion for an understanding and owned a lot of really amazing cars is that when you meet someone who's like oh, I love cars and they're like vroom vroom it's like, oh god it's just such a cliche right yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, bro I love cars it's like no you don't really you have you drive a, a 1999 BMW and you think it's cool yeah. but, like, but genuinely understanding the brands the people the designers. Mm. And all the technology behind that, and embracing what's going on on a motor I was
0: saying that, that that start as a young age. You just loved. Oh yeah, yeah. You have like car magazines as a young age, kind of thing. Kind of, as
1: the old man, we always always had something interesting in the drive. Okay. And then growing up in Northern Ireland, there's a lot of motorsport. Uh, Northwest yes. 200. Uh, Eddie Eddie Irvine was racing yes. for Ferrari uh, and stuff like that. F1 back then was glorious. That was the Schumacher days. Yeah, ex- exactly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I, I remember exactly where I was when Ayrton Senna crashed and died as well. I remember oh, wow. exactly where I was, not but that type of stuff, it's it's the same way you might have a friend who's massively into say. Uh, american football or, or soccer or something like that but it's a passion to get at a young age mm. and it's always good to have like a hobby and an interest but as an industry um the automotive industry it is so interesting like it is very fascinating if, if you think about the, the leaps and bounds cars have made but the next 10 years is going to be some massive oh, changes sure. like in terms of
0: autonomous vehicles in
1: terms of what are we now level three autonomous here Something like that. yeah yeah but you imagine when we get to well, level five uh, anyway. uh
0: what would you say california is at with tesla Would that be four Tesla, yeah. Because your Tesla is around, but it's not like the, it's not the full capabilities like yeah, you have in California, yeah. right? Where it's literally
1: almost 100% yeah, yeah. autonomous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Zooks is level five. Z-O-O-X. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, or Zook. Uh, they're, in a, they're
0: compared... So i like, as a market, what do you count this market as in terms of a, the level of autonomous? Because like, there's Tesla here, and technically you can buy a Tesla with the with the autonomous features, yeah, yeah. but does it 100% work here?
1: It doesn't. Yeah, it makes sense because if you think about how immature people are in terms of discipline on the road, Yes. but people would say it's like... the. Like, Are the roads unsafe? You say the road system itself is incredible here. Yes, It's just just the people, the lack of discipline. And if you go to the, the, back to the likes of say UK or Germany, you have patrol cars everywhere. And that changes how you will actually Mm. behave because you can visually see a presence. We're here. We just tend to, um, and you find this in, in, uh, you find this in like um, emerging countries and countries that are progressing. Mm. It was in um, Kyrgyz Republic um, four weeks ago. Okay. And road surfaces are horrible. They don't even have basic lighting, but the one thing they have everywhere is cameras. And they, want to, and they want to find you an idea. It's a revenue source. And I was like, well, wouldn't it be better if you just lit the roads better uh, educated people and had more traffic. I and mean, we don't have money for that, but like the camera doesn't cost that much, it cost that much you know, yeah. but it generates like twenty, thirty thousand 30 thousand dollars a month. I'm like, that's interesting. Right? That is
0: very, very interesting. All right, so backtrack. So you, you made a conscious decision to get into automotive. Yeah, exactly. you made a conscious decision.
1: Conscious decision okay. to move into automotive media in okay. that sense. Yeah, yeah, sp- specifically as a, a product marketing manager so the idea very interesting okay a marketing manager focusing person, on a vertical of automotive spoc- focusing on a vo- vertical of automotive but within like a larger horizontal mm, okay yeah yeah and the nice thing about working in classifieds is it's such a loathed industry as in people think classifieds are like a, a sewer you know they think it's just all garbage but it's not classifieds can almost be the barometer of health of a country i agree so if you see a lot of you, you take the likes to say gumtree and craigslist yeah and uh you know, they've had so much controversy over the years, right? Like human body parts being sold, yeah, yeah, you so know, explicit services are, yeah. and stuff like that. But in the same sense, so well, that is the barometer. That's the pulse of an economy. Mm. If people are posting more, selling more, uh, economy's up. Uh, also, the economy could be done. But if people are buying more, then there's yeah. less stuff, liquidity. And the old joke was someone said, oh, there's no such thing as content with a classifieds. How many times have you shared a link to an ad for something you thought was cool? See a bit of podcast equipment or whatever. The, the content is the link. It is. It's the price, the condition. It's like, wow, look at this. And that in itself. So for example, I know you collect comic books. Yes. So if you go on to say like um, a comic book aggregator, there must be one. And you can see the current prices and stuff. And it's fascinating.
0: It is. I actually work uh, pro bono uh, with Key Collector Comics uh, in the States. Who are, has an app that aggregates comic books? Even has predictions of upcoming comic books no and way. when to buy, when to sell. The guy's amazing. That's really cool. And I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love working that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's, what's What's the biggest biggest one in
1: the states now? Stocks, and they do started off with uh, sneakers. Yes. Yeah, and they moved into watches, mm. now into handbags. But it's the sneaker revolution, right? So, You've you
0: heard of Goat Goat.com? Yeah, I yeah. use
1: them and they're awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the liquidity in that side oh, is yeah. nuts because people always say like, "What is liquidity? Liquidity is." It's the amount of times an ad will get a response in the first seven days or the of, or how long an ad will actually stay up, how long does it take to sell something. Mm. But something like stocks, it's mobile, you know, it's app only, right? So you're going to be like super liquid with that, you know, buying and selling. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. People who've never, uh, I used to be really anti-classified
0: in terms of I think they're misunderstood. Yeah. Like when I, I don't know, when you, when you, when you go, for example, I lived in Lebanon, right? And there's, there's the classifieds there are just not taken seriously. Or or if they're taken seriously it's just so it's so saturated or the content, you know what I mean? But those yeah. were like old school magazines. So but when you I think when you come to a economy or a, what's called industry or countries like the Middle East, for example, yeah, where digital re- revolution's so late, yeah, I don't I think people still look at it as it was in the newspaper days.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like the sou- it's like the souk style or like you know, uh, not the website, but you like kind of like, like the, a bizarre. the bizarre style, yeah. you know, yenny but that's price, you know, exactly. It's cultural, man. Like That's the way it is. It's is very cultural. You, you can walk into any shop here from a Rolex boutique to Rolls Royce yeah. and ask for last price and you won't be laughed yeah. at or offended, even though you're not going to get the yes. last. It's the same as the first, but culturally though, that's, that's how the barter trade began here. Like that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so we moved into uh, specifically uh, classified mm-hmm. media ver- verticalization for motors. And that moved into monetization, because mm-hmm. um, then you could quickly realize it was was good for the business to, for sure. to monetize. And then from there, then moved into so look, this is really good, but I wanted to work closer with the brands. Mm. And working closer with the brands is it's 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 about finding out what they need, is finding out what they want, and um, and then kind of working on kind of like specifications and you know strategies specifically for that, mm-hmm. and then kind of going to market. And that brought me. uh right on the uh, supplier side. Interesting. So it's kind of like, uh, I'd say it's like a poacher term, you know, gamekeeper then,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah? <laughs> yeah. when you were working in tourism, uh, were you also working on a similar cost per acquisition model kind of thing or no? thing is... Because it was e-commerce, right?
1: Yeah. And the thing is, it was so... Uh, co- cost per acquisition was so... It's so cheap, for example. Mm. It's last click. It's la- last last click at- attribution. That's mostly So fl- it was flights and hotels, uh, okay. tours. Yeah, yeah. And every country it was great. So, for example, if we launched a campaign in India, it would run completely differently from a campaign in Japan. Yes. So I was looking after India, China, Japan, Middle East, and um, Central Asia. Thank Interesting. You. Yeah. But um, it was it was cool because, as you rightly said, you had to travel to those countries, right? You have to understand it. And yeah. You, you have to it. understand, so understand like it. You work with cox and kings in India. Yeah. You work with Nippon Travel in Japan. And these are two of the largest kind of like... It's so funny when I mean, we use the word travel agent
0: today. M- yeah, most people don't like, travel. Yeah, most like people, they, the yeah. people in travel just don't know the, the the market or whatever industry they're going. They're trying to get people to go to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like years ago, I remember uh, as
1: as a young kid, I went with my folks to the to the mall, the shopping center, to book a flight. and We had mm-hmm. to use a travel agent because that's the only way you could have done it, right? Oh, yeah, there was nothing and else. The uh, the lady lady there, she was a friend of my father's. She was yeah. uh, my dad was a GP, so she she was like um, a patient. So she like a like, Dory the Doctor I'll give you a good deal where nowadays we are our own travel agents right of course so Eid is coming up and we're like look we'll go here we'll do this we'll do a little bit of uh, Tbilisi maybe we'll go to you know Bishkek or whatever yeah, we, yeah. we'll, we'll, we're will we like the authors of our own itineraries yeah yeah 100% so in that sense though as you rightly said if I hadn't traveled to those countries and understood about how those people behaved you
0: would have been successful Exactly, man. I yeah. completely agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I very, very much agree. Uh, it just, you just remind me of something. I said just a random tangent analogy here. I was trying to buy something from a company in the states. Yeah. Who ships to Dubai? Yeah, yeah. But did not understand the way Dubai receives uh, shipping. Right, right. So they want to use local post. Local post in Dubai does not, does not, doesn't use your name. Yeah, it yeah. use your address, Uses your phone number.
1: Phone number on PO box. Yes, yeah, but yeah,
0: Most of the time, most people don't have PO boxes, exactly. so you have to use your phone number. Yeah, yeah. The company in the U.S. Yeah in their when when you buy or something and they put your order in when you choose a country of the uae it yeah. does not give you the option of phone number no way so they kept, they kept sending shipment after shipment and was not receiving oh, it so frustrating man so and frustrating. I, and I even sent them in I'm like, I'm like how can you guys sell or ship to a country that you do not understand yeah. the way the shipping works exactly exactly
1: and you think it's, about this it's so simple yeah yeah you think about it's the old idea like nine ten years ago i was bringing in um i collect vintage watches i was bringing in parts and watches and stuff and uh, it was just so frustrating, man. Because the same thing again. How do you get? It's like this is my PO box, but please use my phone number. As you well. have to use a phone you number because then uh, the, the local shipping uh, postal service will reject it. Yes, and it goes back. And I, I think I'd, I think I'd bought six watches and owned one because like the other five were just returned back yeah. to wherever they're from. It was nuts, man. It was nuts. And you think about you know if you want a real, e-com- real a real e-commerce society. Mm. You know, a real a really common society, and the, and even things like house numbers. I know your house has a house number, but back yeah. in the back in the days, there would have been no house number. Right? Not no house number at all. You know what I mean? It would have been like, well, you know, street three, villa, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Hope for the best. Exactly. You know, yeah. Hope for the best. Or try
0: to find some kind of landmark, the tree that's yeah, like yeah. bent like Literally. a little bit halfway. That's there. Like
1: you, you, <laughs> you joke like some of the big like top three like courier services. What's your closest landmark? I'm like. Uh, Arabian Gulf, <laughs> no, yeah, you know, you <laughs> know, Burj Khalifa, you know, like, are you kidding me? I live in Dubai Marina, where there's like what, you know, sixty, sixty skyscrapers, and you're asking for landmarks. Do you know what I mean? You yeah, know, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's nuts, man, but. I would love to see a day where it's like properly, uh, you know, revolutionized. But then, how do you do that then? Yeah. You know, how do you actually do that? We are still a small country with a small, yes. classable population. We're not like the likes of, say, a Saudi. Yes. You know, and uh, it's funny if you try and compare Saudi to you, it's completely different countries. It's not completely different. I completely would say Sa- Saudi, is, it's mass like Indonesia, and we're kind of like niche like Singapore. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because we're kind of like, you know, like, you know, it's people come, and go, come, come here so quickly where you, so, someone could live in Saudi his whole
0: life. You it lived in Saudi, though, right? I uh, grew up in uh, Kobar. Uh, you grew for, up in Kobar? Yes, the Royal Academy, American Air Force Base. This is so much information I'm learning about you yeah, for the first time, man. Uh, my dad was working for Aramco, uh, lived there till the age of 11, uh-huh. then to Lebanon. But then yeah. before I came to UAE, I went to Saudi Arabia for six months for a job and I just left and came to UAE. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's, yeah.
1: that's what brought you here then, yeah? Yes. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I was in Saudi was Arabia I and was, I was talking to a friend of mine, I'm like, I think I just want to come to Dubai. He's like, oh, no, I, I, uh, my brother in law. Uh, is MD of an agency and he's like he was looking for for media planners I'm like all right cool welcome yeah yeah I'm like all right cool packed up did an interview over Skype uh, got the job back the next day came to Dubai what well, I think I
1: love about this part of the world is how fast things happen as yeah. well do you know what I mean like an interview can lead to like a rock star career and like what we're doing today though it's I think it's great because it's about hearing people's so everybody here has a story yeah you know what I mean and it's normally a very interesting one because everybody's from somewhere right yeah. do you know what I mean no one's I don't really know anybody who's from here you know, no, I'm not. I'm not close enough for someone to say, "Well, I'm actually from here. I was born here." Or yeah,
0: you don't mean a lot. So now, so now you can now you're automotive publisher. Did you have much digital knowledge at, at that moment at that time? Buying, yeah, yeah, buying.
1: So I was I was buying so much media at that stage. Were uh, you doing it programmatically or pure AdWords? Oh, this is pure, this is, is pre-programmatic. Uh, oh, so AdWords, then. yeah, AdWords, AdWords, and then social, and then, and then Facebook, okay. and then then offline. So one of, one of the things I was doing for the job is now when I first started was offline cinema radio on this print. is a
0: client side tourism right uh, no
1: this is um, the, the current like automotive okay fine fine, yeah, fine. Yeah. for tourism what we were doing is we were like obviously i was doing all the uh, media campaigns yes yeah you would, like do for like uh, china um, india and it sounds, it sounds obviously a lot bigger than it was. It was a lot, the budgets were tiny, so yeah. it was
0: very bespoke in that sense. Were you yeah. doing it yourself, literally? Yeah, man. Literally, you had your own AdWords dashboard and you'd, you'd put in the company credit card and, yeah. and you'd do everything. I had my own credit card that <laughs> time, so, so
1: you were able to expense it back. Paying for it in euros as well. I'll never forget it. Yeah,
0: yeah, re- oh, yeah. yeah paying
1: for it in euros is an Irish credit card. And um, they used to ring me and say like, "What, what what's going on?" Just buying like, <laughs> it for <a> campaigns <laughs> in China and Japan. Exactly. What's going <laughs> <on>? <laughs> and they're decent campaigns as well. But if you used your own credit card back then, you got better rates. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah were right.
0: you doing mostly was a GDN search? What was he doing yeah, mostly? Yeah, just GDN. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. PPC was really big back then. It know? was. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's funny, most people don't bring up PPC. It's almost retro, right? That's, it's, it so almost it,
0: is almost is. It, it almost
1: is. Yeah, yeah. PPC was almost retro, and we were we're building and. And it's funny how a website will work in uh, in Japan will be completely different how it'll work in India, you know, and Actually. how how you build things. How are we doing? Well. How
0: are we doing China because of the because there was no Google out right? Was there? What it was uh,
1: Baidu. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Baidu. We were one of the first to ever run like a paid search campaign uh, through Baidu. Yeah, no way yeah. it was really cool man yeah yeah it was the thing is it sounds like it was two thousand years ago it feels
0: like it was two thousand it, fe- it really it feels like it was some prehistoric time yeah I tell you what, yeah. Not
1: everything is like uh, wechat yeah um yeah. stuff like that though and you go to you go to mall of the emirates you can pay for things in wechat mm-hmm. uh and it's funny because i think people should start using it more right i agree yeah yeah stuff
0: like that because very interesting yeah, yeah do you know that my first uh so basically, so after I, after six months doing offline planning, a, a position opened up in digital media planning, and right. I'm like, you know what? Let me just take it. Yeah, yeah. I jumped in. Uh, we were running campaigns for an automotive client, and I did every, I did. We were doing everything in-house. GD uh, Google AdWords, and I ran the entire search. The whole. That's, no, that's why I started search.
1: No way. I was searching on Google. You you learned so much through search, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I learned more than every, anything else. Yeah, because you're learning what what people not only what they're thinking, but how they're searching yeah. as well. Though uh there's a really good movie it had a really good quote that it. it's like it's almost as if you hit raw material before the combustion engine yes right yes a and good analogy. all this data and it's like well what do we do with it then we do, can we monetize it yeah uh but the websites are ready to monetize because the, the the website experience for the brands was horrific oh yeah still, yeah still is horrific for some brands for some here. brands yeah for some, some brands
0: they're, they're they're online ui there's no ux ui yeah at all
1: yeah and it's terrible like don't worry it's an iron because like well that's fine but it's still horrific you know yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, do you remember the day when programmatic first came because because you, you were you were still publisher right when programmatic hit yeah you're yeah. publisher yeah, yeah well do you remember that specific time? because I I re, I literally still remember the first time I I, oh, really? I, I, was, it was, fr- I was first brief or, I was uh, no it was not even that yeah. I remember I was a media planner I was doing my own I was doing the search campaigns yeah, myself yeah. everything I was doing myself yeah out of nowhere I get an email from the GM saying we're gonna use programmatic
1: Right, I'm like, what's programmatic? It was PMP. What's all this? No, no, it was, it was,
0: it was, uh, it was a trading desk of the agency, uh, and I just saw that. I'm like, I have no idea what this is. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what is it? Yeah. And I started Googling, and I started researching I'm like this is, this is mind blowing yeah. what's going on. Well, how about you? What was like that first?
1: I, I I remember for two reasons. The first reason was. Was it right?
0: just like we're acquiring, we're going to, we're going to be using double click DFP and here it is. Exactly. Cause we, we, we are
1: DFP, right? Yes. Yeah. We use DFP. But I remember the reason we heard about it was like, we're hiring a PMP manager. Right? Like, well, oh, okay. I like, well, Cause straight away we felt massively threatened as you know supply side sales guys of course we were like well, what is he going my manager is <laughs> gonna
0: who's gonna basically head the entire private marketplace yeah, of direct exactly. buying and selling to us so,
1: so of course of course we were like oh, sitting our seats first of all we we're massively defensive second of all we we're like well what is it yeah what's different what he's gonna be Is he's gonna be attending the same meetings as me the, the, the gm was like yeah he will and uh and thankfully how it's actually worked out now is that that hasn't happened that that particular person has had to rotate and pivot into because you got, you've got
0: you've got the same now you have acquired the knowledge exactly, that you man. can do it yourself yeah, yeah. Well, Kim? Okay, there's, there's here, here, no difference between a direct and a pmp Can't yes PMP. that's exactly yeah. what's going to come ask you yeah. what is the difference between direct and pmp the answer is nothing nothing, nothing. except that one is done over a call and yeah. invoice and other one's done th- through a software exactly a direct one you can you can
1: obviously do like some massive av on it where yeah, it needs yeah. to be you a bit more control uh, PMP is great for certain certain aspects, but at direct. Obviously, I, I'm going to say I prefer direct because it's more traditional. There's a bit more romance to it, yeah. As in, like you have know, a bit more, like okay, look, we'll give you this rate on that. Yeah, we'll give you like a huge amount of AV. And if the campaign isn't performing two three weeks in, we'll give you more AV. AV is added value, everyone. Yeah, so yeah. added value, yeah. free, free stuff. Free stuff. Free stuff. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Free 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 stuff. <laughs> but also, you can you can uh, optimize a direct campaign to to, get, to death. In that sense, you can go in and tweak the lines in the Do you guys do any? Have you ever done any private auctions? Yeah, man. Yeah. Explain to me how private auction works. I'm not going to explain it because I don't have enough knowledge on it, man. I'll pancake it massively, and it's. I'll explain it. <laughs> tell me. Tell me for this. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: For people who don't know, programmatic, it's a it's an online exchange where you just buy and sell ads. That is that literally that simple. And there's different versions, iterations of doing that. One is something called open exchange, where literally everyone bids on the same thing, and basically the highest bid wins. It's It's like it's yeah. like a free for all. PMP is like a direct buy, just like all you planners who would call up the, the, the outdoor person and book it. It's the exact same thing, except you guys predetermine it and then you put it into the software. A private auction is when, and and add, add in when you can, because I'm also, I don't have that, your side of the equation of this, is when a publisher invites a handful of buyers. Yeah, This is all done online through a software automatically, so you don't actually do it. It's just you invite it, you, if you want to put it this way, so it's like Imagine an auction house, but instead of open to the public, you invite five people. Yeah, exactly. And they kind of go at it, but it's only limited to five people, so at least the competition is less. Yeah, competition is less. Competition is slightly fairer because you're not going to have, say, say a
1: sixth guy come in, come in and just low bid and everything, because that will actually skew and yes. co- cause the price to either go down or you can have somebody come in and overbid, but. How, how,
0: in terms of uh, percentage revenue which is better for for a publisher would it be a PMP a, pub, a private auction or open exchange so I think I think probably a um,
1: open exchange has its place as well okay because we would have if we have unsold inventory it's good to put it out there um, yes. so that's that's obviously where way to use that. But in terms of like preferred deal, Mm -hmm. even programmatic guaranteed, it it really depends. We're we're sometimes more reactive to the thing about automotive, uh, just how you'd relate to automotive. It's seasonal, right? Yes. So you'll have obviously like Like Ramadan will spike. Exactly. And a month after will drop. You'll have a new car, maybe every two to three years. Uh, You'll have like back to school. You have all this stuff. But also if you think of the item you're selling, it's an incredibly expensive item, right? Yes, yeah, so a high ticket item, yeah. How do you, how do you get, it's it's, mm. it's one down from property in terms of, of price. Yes. So like, how do you actually get uh, somebody in that? And so that's where like maybe an open auction can, can work because the brand like, look, we want to be always on. We don't have like hundreds of thousands of dollars. We just want to have a presence. Within certain areas, mm-hmm. and then we'll do they'll do their big 360 campaign, like yes. obviously in Ramadan and stuff like that.
0: Now, my understanding from the formation of programmatic was basically to get rid of remnant. The original purpose of programmatic was remnant inventory.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a unique way to look at it, but you could you could say that's the
0: the original scope, the of formal
1: it. way to look at it. Another way to say look at it is like to allow agencies to sell more, but at at less, just to make more revenue. Yeah. And you know, we've spoken about this before. Prospecting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I am um, prospecting.
0: Exactly, because people don't understand when when your trading desk does bidding, right? It'll do different things, right? So you get a brief. Adam, please. Mm. You get a brief from your client. Say, all right, cool. Uh, my product is catered to uh, female and male, twenty to thirty-five. Yeah. Income level of fifty k and above interested in off roading. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And you pass as a planner. You do your due diligence. You create a media plan and you put all those specs in and you did a good job. Yeah. Congratulations. Now you pass those on to, to your ad ops team, your training desk, right? Not always will they put those inf- that information into the software. Not always. Yeah. And the question is why? One, when you put specific demographic interest restrictions, you're paying a data cost, yeah. right? Because nothing is free. Most, by the way, I realize most planners do not know this. That CPM rate you have on a media plan, mm-hmm. your $5, your $6, your $10, yeah. that is not your media buy. Yeah, exactly. It is not even close to your media buy. Yeah, yeah, You pay many different fees in there. And I think this is why people are getting angry about programmatic recently. One of those fees is a data fee. So when you, even though you're using Google, which most people do, Right, because it's the most, especially in our region, most people do that. No, I don't. Re- I don't really know anyone who uses another DSP. Yeah, really. actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, DSP demand side platform. Uh, so basically, you guys use Google. Google has data because it collects on cookies. Yeah, and Google will sell you that data to find that person. So when you put female, male, twenty, thirty-five, that is a data cost. That's a demographic data cost you're paying. Hmm. Now it could be cheap. It could be expensive. The reason with that is. Well, a lot of training desks will put that, but they won't put the entire budget there. They'll do something called prospecting. Yeah, yeah, we'll literally have no targeting. That means no data cost. And the reasoning behind it, and please agree that this is the, this, I'm going to play devil's advocate. The, the reason behind it is that there might be people that don't have cookie footprints that fall within that data targeting. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we need to try to find them now i don't agree with that at all that's very politically correct i'm just trying to say (laughs) that is as benefit of the doubt that's what that's what your team will say yeah yeah so that's basically what we're talking about so prospecting is something i don't like i don't think i don't think you like either the problem is that you will be hitting fine. let's imagine okay there are some people out there who hide their cookies who use hidden browsers who private everything cool you cannot find them and they might be interested Mm -hmm. what is that percentage it's
1: tiny. Tiny. It's tiny. It's tiny. tiny
0: you're gonna be spending millions of impressions on people yeah. that will never should never see it to, to be able to get one percent.
1: Exactly. And that person who's hiding, they're the type of person who's gonna trigger a lead elsewhere organically. Yes, or, yes, and, and they'll Thank figure you. out their own way to do it. But again, prospe- uh, prospecting, it's it's terminology again. It's, yes. it's it's, it's when we we can touch on ad fraud. It's not it's not fraud, so no, to speak, no. but it's it's technically yeah, it's, well technically it's not fraud. It's just not right. It's just not right no. because what you're doing is you're uh, you're you're enabling um, a budget you're, and you're disabling the client to know what's actually yes. going on. And the client's like, look, I don't care, happy, I'm getting all these wonderful leads. And you're like, okay, uh, you, were the, you, are any of these converting? No, 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 but that's the metric I have. Mm. I have a leads metric and therefore I'm super happy. And you say, well, okay, motor brand, number one, OEM, um, you have all these leads, 8,000 leads per month. What percentage are converting? Mm. Oh, well, you know, but my metric is uh, leads. Like, yeah, that's good. But like, are you actually selling anything? Well, you know, it's like, and then then you really—that's when you really start to dig into it. And yeah. I think when we originally spoke about that, and we both work in and work in media, work in automotive, and it's this thing about the biggest frustration in my life. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is this kind of like demented,
0: this demented path towards leads. You know. Yeah, I look. It's it's so interesting when I talk about this. I, I literally I'm fascinated by my own conversation about this about mm-hmm. this. Is because I used to be agency. Yeah, and I just didn't know better. Yeah, I don't think I I, I was was I purposefully ignorant. I don't know. I, I I was always a person I was trying to learn a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I I thought that the best metric you can achieve, and I worked for many automotive brands as mm-hmm. an agency, many many automotive from the big to small. I thought that the best uh, what's called metric I could achieve was leads. Yeah. Yeah. And now, when I'm on the other side of the equation, I realize that's nothing. Correct. Correct. And this is a whole topic. I think we've discussed hours at length. Oh, my! And I could yeah, probably talk about days about this. Yeah, is that we? I do. I, we need to stop as a collective. Okay, if you're selling a high ticket item, yeah, throw away leads. Yeah, throw it away. Yeah. Uh, useless metric. Useless. Completely useless metric. And the, and the thing is, though,
1: like, when you say that you used to believe in leads, but you had to. That was your career. That was your. That was your. It was your job description. Yes. Client has brief. Brief is brief as X. X equals leads. It was a um, it was a
0: cyclical problem. Yeah. W- which clients were equally um engine of it. Yeah. yeah to blame. I'd say to blame because yeah. clients. And I like this. So, it's so interesting. I think about this when I when I first started on media. When you're young and you start on media, you yeah. think that clients know everything. Ho- hopeful and res- you know you're hopeful because <laughs> yeah, yeah. because you're you're, you're yeah. new, right? So for mm-hmm. example, you used to believe that Google. Knows everything. Yeah, yeah. My Google rep, will is is godlike. He knows everything. Yeah. Facebook guys know everything. Clients yeah. know everything. And I, as I grew every year, I realized these guys know as much as I do. Yeah. They're just trying to get through the day. they're not bad people. They yeah. just want to get through the day, finish at six o'clock if they're lucky, go home to be with the family. Exactly. And these managers, the brand managers from from the client side, were not. They did not come up with. I want leads. Yeah, Someone yeah. else did. Somebody they were else did. taught that. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And if they don't put. Five hundred leads, one thousand leads, six thousand leads on a brief—they yeah, yeah. get in trouble. Exactly, they literally get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. So they're not—they're not—they're not like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're like—they're not evil in in it. Yeah. They just don't know.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think, not, I think they're not complacent. I think
0: that is the crux of the problem, and because yeah. they don't know, agencies are not going to are not going to step in and educate. Exactly, we don't. And the, the old the old thing like we were talking about digital media back
1: in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, yeah. and of course the metric for success. Uh, there was none. It was like was CTR, or, yes. uh, or CPC, or did we sell anything? Mm. I'm pretty sure that after the big first financial uh, recession, that there was a management consultancy was brought in uh, to to one big OEM. And said, okay, your metric of for success is probably like 2010 or something. Yeah. is leads, and uh, and everyone's like hallelujah. Now, now we know what what our metric for success is. Look, you do, know?
0: You, do you think to where we are today is a natural progression? Of metrics. So originally, like, like you said, right? It was it was CTR, yeah. CPC, CPM. Mm. And then maybe it got into, uh, now then it slightly moved into CPL. You think we're naturally progressing into more leads or are we kind of stuck?
1: We're stagnating. We're stagnating. And, we're stagnating. And, yeah, we're stagnating. And we're de-evolving mm-hmm. in the sense that people are getting frustrated. So brand managers, brands, or having their bonuses tied to the number yes. of leads do you know what I mean? so of course they're going to like gun like mad to get those leads because that will ensure that first of all they survive in a very very competitive environment second of all like they actually hit what they're meant to do and third of all it's you know remuneration yes. it's like, look you didn't hit your eighteen thousand leads this year and it's farcical if i said to you i've got you you know a thousand over a thousand leads per month i was like cool but what was your sales like oh it's been the worst year in like 10 years yeah. I said, well, what do you do with the leads no, it doesn't really matter. Got, yeah. I, hit, I hit the metric. And it's horrible to think like yes, that. Yes, it's sad. Yeah, yeah. And if you think, um, so I'm just going to digress a little bit here. If you think about the gap between triggering a lead and the experience mm. you have, let's just take this market, yes. UE alone. It's horrific. Mm. You trigger a lead and the experience is horrific because marketing has no interest in looking after what the call center does. Yes. We've, we've farmed a lead for you. We're farmers. It's up to you to harvest. But the harvest, mm. in terms of a consumer, uh, it's horrific though mm. it's horrific you'll get four or five different phone calls from uh, a retailer or whatnot, and uh, you'd be like why why did it even do this? I don't and say, dear if they demand a phone number or an email then even it was just an email though, but the experience of the lead mm. is is horrific. You get that phone call and the follow up you're like yeah. and it's weird because we always talk about discipline, we talk about culture. And the discipline of sales here is horrific. There is mm. it's the idea that we worship everything but appreciate nothing. That how people buy and sell things here. Um, if you walk into say any of the big OEMs here and you go to buy something of of worth of vehicle, it's not a very pleasant experience. Of it's course not. of course they'll tell you different though. Oh no, it's the you know considered to be the best in the world. It's not. It's like it's a, it's like an FMCG, it's like going to a supermarket in some way. So actually in the supermarket's probably more efficient. <laughs> in some ways, it's it's transparent pricing. Um, But
0: that's that's the thing. It's like, do you know where I think really stemmed in? Is that when you look at if you look at the economy, uh, the UAE economy, and specifically these high ticket item industries, right? Real estate, automotive. Yeah. You look look before two thousand nine, and then after two thousand ten, where it was booming, Mm. right? Yeah. You were selling at a ridiculous volume. Mm. The amount of stuff of your, the amount of apartments, the amount of houses, the amount of cars you were selling. Yeah, were ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I've heard stories of um, showrooms being sold out in a yeah. day. Yeah, I've heard same. stories of people walking to showrooms, duffel bags of money. Yeah, yeah, and buying every car there on the lot. I've yeah. heard, sh- I've heard stories of, like you know, in the malls, you have those greeters with the with the real yeah. estate stand. Yeah, yeah. Someone coming and buying without even off plan. Yeah. Ten apartments. Yeah, you hear stories like that. Yeah, yeah. So when you're selling at such an exuberant amount, mm. and in the end, it all comes down to a human, right? Yeah, yeah. P- these guys are salesmen. They're not bad people. They're yeah. just they just saw money. That's it. Yeah. They didn't care. Yeah. Not 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 only did they not care to capture data, also your marketing department did not care to look at the resulting of leads right your agency did not care because everyone's making so much money exactly but then now you're nine years in the future yeah 2019 the economy's not good yeah People are not selling; mm. those stands in, in the malls are not closing out. Right, showrooms are not being sold out. Right, yeah, you're yeah. barely hitting your target if you're lucky. Exactly. If you're yeah. lucky, you're hitting your target. Yeah. Now people are realizing what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And now people are looking. Yeah. So I feel like hindsight's always twenty twenty. But we're paying we're, the fault. The fault of t- the, the the consequences of today is the fault of yesterday. Yeah, hundred percent. And we're paying the mistakes of the previous generation of marketeers. I would.
1: I think it's that's beautifully put. Yeah, man. that's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah, because we're being punished. Yeah, was a success. Like even from a corporate level, EMEA, uh, most of these markets, the OEMs, the Middle East was part of EMEA, right? Yes. And EMEA was always a cash cow, wasn't it? For like five, six, oh, seven yeah. years. It was It was the shining star. When I used to fly to New York to head office. And these are like SVPs. These are people you could never get a meeting yeah. with. And oh, they're no. like, oh, are you from Dubai? Okay, yeah. Straight away his calendar opened. What can we do more? Because he knows yeah. those ridiculous sales. This was this was skincare and yeah. fragrance. but This wasn't cars. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is like Mickey Mouse items. And, um, you know, and he's like, yeah, yeah, you know. But that's the,
0: everything was, even, even if you look at your base salaries, people were like the, your average manager yeah. was making 40, 50K. Yeah, you now to, you're lucky if you're a manager making 20K. Yeah, you're exactly. You're lucky. You're privileged. Yeah. you privileged. So it's just yeah. everything was so exuberant at the time. Mm. I think this is how also Dubai got on the map, right? Yeah, it was the time. land of opportunity, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think the problem is that we got so... We were so fine with generating 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 leads or yeah. whatever the number was. And we didn't care about the quality because you know what? We're selling anyway. Exactly. We, we didn't even, there was no attribution. Yeah, no attribution e- at all. Even, even when I was agency, I would always ask, Is do are we doing attribution modeling? Yeah, we, yeah. No one would answer me. Because either people didn't know or people to, didn't care to know. You
1: have to you have to just do um, a little cyber and explain what attribution is. Okay,
0: fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Attribution modeling is very simple, right? It basically re- puts relates the sale to the channel that drove the sale, if you want to put it that way. For example, I sold an apartment today. The pers- So Ozzy bought an apartment from me. Yeah, Cool. I know because of, I have attribution modeling that Ozzy first saw my ad on Facebook and then he Google searched it and then he saw a YouTube video. And then he went to the website where he filled in a lead. He got called by the call center. And then he met a rep and the rep sold him an apartment. And now I know the full journey of Ozzy. Now I could choose which channel gets the 100% or yeah. I could divide it by you know, evenly across the five the five places. I could choose as as a, as a marketer. Yeah, exactly. But the whole point is that you have visibility. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I used to always ask, do we have visibility? And the answer was, I don't know, or no, or yes. And we actually don't. So it was always really interesting. I think that, Attribution model is so important.
1: It's so important. And how we'd explain it is the forensics of yes. the sale. And most people don't care. They're like, I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. wherever it came from, it came from. It's like, well, look, if you're burning through six hundred thousand dollars a month on billboards, radio and TV and um, you know, you be pretty much want to be sure, no, oh, but the leads the leads are coming in. And that's that's why you just find me smashing my head off a table going like, But the leads are garbage. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I
0: and, used I used to know a client, I didn't work on the account, but it was a account in my agency that would basically run Offline stuff, right, right. But then, or for example, let's say we'll do outdoor. It will do no other advertising for the month, really. And then that, it will see that way because. But I, I'm like one that's kind of smart. but The two is also very inefficient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's is, it's good to know the effect of ad, of outdoor. It's good to know, oh, but like the cost. But but like you're basically stopping all other advertising channels just to see the impact of that exactly. instead of actually doing proper attribution. Exactly.
1: But the way you and I look at it these days, we would look at say the Google's and uh, Facebook group as a tax. If you have if you are a brand you have to pay their tax as in like mm. it's an always on it's very it's very effective admittedly yes but in the same sense uh you know the quality mightn't be great but it is a tax that you, you have to be you have to be omnipresent to yes. some to some degree uh, but again that's that's the that's kind of the the reason we're having this chat today it's the idea of leads and the idea of oh we'll give you the leads but like what is that lead mm. if it's a garbage lead, yeah. I and mean, we've got to use that term if it's complete garbage that's six thousand leads you've got You've just burned through like that hundred thousand. Yeah. I've heard of OEMs. I'm not going to mention the name who went through six hundred thousand dollars here locally for Q1, and uh, we said to the agency behind that, they we said, "Well, what was your attribution? What was your percentage of conversion? Oh, it's not point not not one percent. Wow! And I was like, that is almost you know triple figure. That's, Where's that, the co-
0: who's at fault, or is it everyone?
1: I think honestly, I think it's first of all. Where the money comes from is the brand, right? So I think the brand is majority at fault. Okay. Yeah. So if the brand is... Dictative, because as an agency you have to service right yes it's a service industry yes you jump I ask you to jump you say hi hi if you're, if you're if you're the agency Clients says jump simple as that so as an agency you have to come up with ways to make sure that you're being effective mm. and obviously the prospecting and stuff like that means you're not only being effective you're being profitable because mm. then you can take that budget That budget has to go you know brand budget has to it's like electricity it has to go somewhere it has to flow it's like water it has to go somewhere right yeah it's not it's not like all of a sudden like they have tried the whole influencer marketing which is pancaking pancaking massively which i love at the moment yeah Uh, but again it's not as if they're going to it's not as if they're going to rotate and say you know what we're going to go back into radio we're going to go back into tv that's not going to happen right but they're going to come up with a new way there'll be some management consultant somewhere in silicon valley said you know what leads aren't the new news the new news is whatever i actually think it's going to be an engagement metric where they say okay let's scrub out the leads Let's not do that anymore, but it's an engage. What did this person do? I think the most glaring obvious thing, you've mentioned this before in pub, in publications, it's what did you do with your first-party data? Yes. How, how did you actually scrub the forensics and what the person did? Do you know what I mean? So if this person has triggered a lead, did it come from an email? Did they yeah. did they mention it? But it's having this kind of like five-star level of service that if somebody does, we call it touch points, right? Yes. You know, uh, and um, if somebody touch if the touch point is, is magnificent and the experience that was magnificent, they're going to keep coming back. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We don't have that here, right? You no. look at how some certain OEMs work in Japan that the car dealer will call you. You're a customer already now. He'll call you maybe once, twice, three or four times a year and say, listen, just come down, have a coffee. You want to wash your car. And they build a friendship with, with, really cool. with, with the customer, right? And it's an inoffensive one. I think what I'm saying is lead the lead culture here, it's offensive, you know? I dare anybody who listens to this podcast today to go trigger a lead on any property for sale, right? Do you want know the ones you see in thing, or maybe an automotive, anything, and then you let us know how you how you felt about the experience after. that. I
0: still get, uh, first of all, uh, this this drives me insane. I still get calls, mm. emails that I did never subscribe to, yeah,
1: WhatsApp messages as well from weird numbers.
0: WhatsApp, uh, bl- the new I've, one I've, I'm I've been about. able to block most of them. Mm. But emails and calls still asking me if I want to sell my apartment. I'm not a landlord. I don't own an apartment. Really? That's amazing. Why? Because I think once I put a lead on, a, on an apartment. Yeah, like yeah. To, like to rent.
1: Yeah, just just to test, to see see the, yeah. see the UX and the now, experience. And
0: now I, I still get put on. And people ask me, hey, are you selling that apartment? That you, I'm like, no, no, I live there. Yeah, yeah. And I only put in, I think I probably filled in a lead because I wanted to rent it. Yep. And I'm not a landlord. Exactly. Until today, I haven't lived in an apartment in four years. Yeah. Yeah. Till today four years and four years ago and you're still getting I'm still getting I literally two days ago two days ago I got a call from a company a real estate company saying hey do you want to sell your apartment I'm like are you serious I'm a like phone call and they're like first of all take me off your database yeah, yeah. right now I do not want this is ridiculous yeah 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 four it's years it's crazy man that's crazy
1: it's like it's like their CRN system is something from Jurassic Park yes. like we laugh about that though but this is the tip of the spear in terms yes. of marketing like if, uh, please people who are listening write in and tell us what they think is an amazing way to engage a customer you know, it's like, uh, there you go, like four years and people are still contacting you. What I'm seeing a lot of now is uh, uh, scraping of data. Mm. And um, we get a lot of WhatsApp messages. Hey, look, we saw you. would uh, uh, I was selling my car recently and another OEM reached out and said, hey, look, we see you selling your car. Uh, would you be interested in this car? I was like, uh, this is over WhatsApp. You obviously know that I've listed my car for, set, for to sell, right? I'm not interested in your car, which is times X more expensive than mine. You know, like, how does that, how is this even logical? And I entertained it for a while, and they're like, "Well, look." And I said, well, at the "End of the day, I can't afford this car. Six hundred grand they want to afford, and you, I'm advertising my car for two hundred, right? Yeah. So we've got a four hundred, four hundred thousand Durham delta of gap here. What <laughs> do oh, you propose we close it? Oh, we've got great deals in finance. Oh, like, yeah, I don't think so. yeah, I'm not I'm not going to end up
0: paying ten grand a month for four years to be out of this car. Do you know what I mean?
1: It's only like six percent APR. I'm like, but like." How, like how does this even make any sense? But he felt sorry for the guy because they were really trying trying to get this brand launched. Mm. But in the same sense, the damage that done with me and that brand, the experience, it just tarnished tarnished it forever. Yeah. You know, even it was even if it was something affordable, something I would replace. But because he honestly harassed for so long. So yeah. Very interesting.
0: So let's look at it this way. Let's break it down. Yeah. Let's try to break down a solution. Yeah. Yeah. Per per vertical. We'll, yeah. we'll do supplier. Agency client. Let's try to do it that way. All right. For me, the easiest one is supplier. Yeah. Honestly. Because in the end, you guys have a role to play. And it's just about giving quality. Yeah. The quality traffic. Now, as a supplier side, what, can, what do you think can be done to increase quality of traffic to these high ticket item websites yeah. or whatever? Because it's all about websites, right? Which yeah. is fine. What, what do you think can be done from the supplier side? Attribution. Okay. Yeah. From?
1: From our, our attribution from our side to the sales side. Okay. So for example. So you're
0: going to need, you need sales data. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. it has been missing for years. I'll tell you just a brief How check. many
0: clients give you sales data? Percentage.
1: It's You um, have 100 clients. How many percent? How many hundred give you? Uh, less than 1%. Okay. Because we would say, how did that campaign run? We had a campaign 2017. Okay. New old stock from 2016, uh, 2016. Wonderful American brand. And they said, Look, the marketing manager is no longer there. And I said, Look, this campaign, um, we didn't actually trigger a lot of leads on the brand site. And I was like, Yeah, but he said, You know your brand site's not very good. Yeah, I know that the brand site's like outdated. But we sold ninety-eight cars within uh ten days. And I was like, Wow, he knew
0: be-? he came from your okay. It was the
1: only it was it was the biggest campaign they were running, but also the offer was amazing. It was their first time okay, to do fine. a big campaign. But I said, like, that's you should be telling this every time. I said, like, Well, look, going forward we just don't know what the leads were. And I was like, But you know why yeah it's like because he said that's what i'm judged on and it was all a very hush yeah, hush yeah. conversation yeah, yeah so if we, we we can say look what's the real sales data so for example if you run a campaign with us and you a b test the living life out of it right this offer this creative this message so what when you, A-B A-B test,
0: do you take your audience and divide it by half creative yeah, yeah. okay you can do an
1: audience uh, literally uh, audience targeting and you can say okay we'll do creative testing we'll do offer end of the day the only one real way to shift something out of a showroom is the offer that you do it's, 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 it, people here it's the race to the bottom right yeah. it's numerical you know and you're seeing now is a huge big push into leasing and yes it, and leasing means look i no longer want to get into a 60 month finance agreement uh where i have to own and then sell the car and also insure it but i want, want to pay because people always think leasing's going to be more it's going to be slightly less expensive than to own it's not you take out a finance to own a car so it's the most cheapest way to own a car mm leasing the oem or the re, sorry the retailer still has to uh, pay for the insurance so, so it's higher exactly it should be higher right yeah so yeah to answer your question sales attribution would be the first way then, so, so,
0: okay, so let's say you get a sales attribution what would you do then from your side
1: it Would give us a whole new data point okay because we're, we're kind of front of house in that sense and we don't get to see what happens at the at the, at the back end yes, we actually don't. we don't get to see what happens
0: the thing is like, does that mean that you need to segment either from your end or the agency and all the audience into buckets mm. and then attribute to those audiences. Yeah, because we could say, look, that
1: audience worked really well or that bombed. The, the, years ago, I had, a, I had a colleague say, look, don't tell me what worked, tell me what didn't work because mm. we'll learn more from that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's such an obvious thing. And he said, look, if this audience bombed, let's not use this for this particular mm. brand. You, you know?
0: know, the only problem I find is that because these high ticket items, the the, the sales cycle is longer. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you can't do that quick on spot optimization. Yeah, yeah. Right? You just yeah. can't.
1: Yeah, it's true because that person, well, it's it's a hard one. Like keeping it's a, lot, a hard one, right? Yeah. It's I think o- about it a lot. Yeah, but it's automotive. The idea is, um, there's a really good quote. Someone said, look, nobody walks into a showroom by accident, no. right? You know? okay 99% of people don't you might have the 1% who's just you know in annoying and he's he's on his lunch break but you don't walk into a showroom by accident mm. it's the same you don't walk onto a classified site by mm. accident you're checking prices there's you're, a reason you're there yeah exactly man where the likes about social uh, social is like TV it just washes over you it's passive where if you're walking to a showroom you you're generally made the effort to physically walk in there if you're on classifieds you might have watched say an interesting review on say something new yeah. uh, that's come out but then you're like okay like, what's the real cost is there anything like certified pre can get? Um, it's tricky, man, because it's tricky. Yeah, because this idea of I think a lot of OEMs they don't want their franchise realtors to give that data away because mm. if you think of the actual sales data here, it's skewed. Yes. The, the the council who gives that data out, what most people don't actually know, a lot of that is export data. Yes as well you so you do club it in yeah exactly they'll, they'll club that in it's like wow it looks big. better it's an amazing month you had there mate he's like well yeah it's technically it's 30 yeah, yeah. 30% we exported to china and stuff like that or wherever and it's it's interesting in that sense because nobody wants to it's like nobody wants to actually have the responsibility yes of it then yeah
0: do you know what i think about is the best way to do it is that maybe you find you can't attribute your sales unless someone buys right away because it's hard yeah but i would do two things and tell me if you agree one, you can actually, because ideally your call center, after someone fills a lead, you should call them right away. Yeah. You should not be calling a week after. Yeah, You should exactly. be calling right away. Yeah. So you can technically know the quality of the lead through a call. If yeah. someone's really interested, if they can speak the language, if they have the finance, usually within a call, if your call center is adequate, mm-hmm. right, you should be able to know at least the quality.
1: Why are you calling them? Huh? Why are you calling them? Because that's the general trend. I despise sales calls. Is there not something else we could do? Keeping on the theme of okay, so an engagement thing. Could I engage you with a brochure? Could I engage you with something? Yes, else? I want to get into that later. Yeah, I want to get into okay. that because yeah.
0: that is going to open up a whole realm of, yeah, of things, yeah. right? Exactly. But I'm going to take it as traditional as possible. You fill okay. a lead. Yeah, yeah. You show your interest. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You get called. At least the call should be able to know the the gauge level interest, and that data should be input in terms of quality. Yeah. Now. You could, if you want, you want to call it hot, cold, which I'm not a fan of. Yeah, you yeah. Want to Gauge the quality from a one to ten. Whatever works for you, do that. Yeah, yeah. Then that data then can be passed on to the supplier. Yeah. So at least from the call level, yeah, you should know the quality of the lead. Yeah. And then maybe a month later, when someone buys or doesn't buy you can pass on the sales data then that will help for future campaigns i mm-hmm. think in the traditional sense that's probably the best you can do from a supplier side yeah yeah i think that's the, that's the max you can do would you agree then
1: though if you're investing in a campaign with a supplier the call that is made, like that first touch point, should not be like seven
0: star. Yes,
1: should should not kind that of that be...
0: call has to be personalized to exactly what yeah. that person, do, and that's where we're lacking.
1: That is the biggest. That's the biggest drop yes. in this market. Right? Yes, because you think labor here is super cheap. Yes, but also means that the quality of service is very cheap. Exactly, the quality. The problem of service. is that the yep.
0: customer has has taken the time mm. to go on the site. Yeah, yeah, to look at this ad. To click on the ad. If you think about the journey, it's quite long. Click yeah. on the ad. Go on a website. Yeah. Fill in information. Yeah, yeah. Submit. Yeah. So the, the customer's done so much already. Yeah. But then you call him and you go, "What can I help you with?" Mm. Why did I fill in the form in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Why? Why? Why uh, did I click on the ad? Uh, yeah, yeah. The call should be like, "Hi, Ozzy. I know you." clicked on the Model X, Model, X, right, this color. Model X this year yeah. at this color. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have one perfectly ready for you. And you know what? Because, because just for you, we have a special offer for you, 10% off. Yeah. Exactly. Why can it
1: be like that? Wow. That's kind of like a uh, surprise and delight. Or when you when you get a phone call, now, I've never I've never received a phone call like that in my life. Me too, man. Me too. I play I with something. I'll it. buy a car on the spot. Yeah, big. I buy it over the phone. Yeah, yeah. Over the phone, I'll buy. Yeah, it. for sure. And same thing. I was I was looking into uh, finance. Yes. Uh, looking at a loan for something, and I specifically said on on the form. I work in an open plan office. I'm not willing to disclose or speak about my salary. Oh, you actually said that? On the form. And the guy rang me and said, look, I see your form. Uh, so you fill in the form here. I see you, can't, you work in a plan office, as most people do. I see you don't want to openly talk about your salary. Uh, what's your salary? Like, LAUGHTER and I was like, look, I might be in you know this is like I'm no, like jokes aside
0: though, man, this was That was ridiculous. Top top three bank here. And I was like, but you I literally just said that. Yeah. And you even repeated it to me. Yeah.
1: And then all of a sudden you can hear him like obviously he was he was going through the stuff. One second. And I was like, by the way, what have you wronged me for? I just want to figure out, first of all, do I qualify? Second yeah. of all, what the what the rate is. And he said, Well, we've got your credit score here. And I was like, Wow, that's really good. But the interest is like double figure. And I was like, what? And so the, the whole experience is like, look, I'm really sorry, I'll call you back. Because I was just so disappointed in the yeah. fact that you know, it was very disappointing. Yeah, and like colleagues are sitting beside me and is like, "Why are you perspiring? Why did you just punch? Why did you just punch your screen?" I was like, "It's just the experience you have when it's, you're." It's not, it's not nice? But you, you know what I mean? But if if that's that was for finance, you know, and um, uh, how, how,
0: many, how many times have you went to a property website? Yeah, and there's a lot, mm-hmm. and and you fill in, and you you, fill, you like one specific apartment. Yeah, and you fill in the lead for it. Yeah, yeah, and then the yeah. person calls and be like, "Yeah, we rented that already." How many times has that happened? To you? It happened to me so many. Like first I'd of all, say, I'd say every day. One, yeah. one. Why, why is it on there? Clickbait. Why is it on there? Content. I don't SEO, want. to take it off. Yeah, yeah. And then if 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 you're gonna leave it on there, then you better have twenty options of the exact same thing ready for the go.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then exactly. what's the point? What are we talking about here? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's very yeah. frustrating. It's, it's very right. frustrating for a customer. Yeah, but you think you have these like, like you know glorified marketing departments like oh we're the best. In our business, we know exactly what you're doing. But you have that thing, and they just go off the face of a cliff. Yes. When it comes down, when they interact with customers, and it's like you might have the most savvy, slick marketing campaign for property. And mm. There was one recently, um, and it was it was a really really cool campaign. They had a celebrity in it, but you can just imagine the experience then of the poor people when they would like fill in a lead, and they have that awful experience. with Guys, like we're just you know, it, that's the thing, man. Like. Uh, so again, it comes down to the comes down to the it comes down to the brand it comes yeah. down to the client.
0: Cool. So I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So we're 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 agreeing of what the the publisher can do. Publisher only do so much. Yeah. But, he, but the publisher needs something in return. Yeah, for sure. He needs some. He needs some information yeah. to do at least the call information. Hey, the call went well. Yes. This. Okay. The Facebook lead. That, sorry, the lead that came from Facebook. That call went well. Yeah. There's this many of that went well. This many did not go well. Yeah. Put either okay, or for example, sorry, we're talking about your specific website. Okay. So the audience one that you segmented. Mm. Uh basically ninety percent of the calls went great. Audience two calls were, were badly. Put more put more inventory on audience one. Exactly. That's all you can do. Exactly. That's all you can do, really.
1: Yeah, it's but it's, it's such such basic marketing. It it's is. like, you
0: know, split your
1: budget, go after it's basic, the,
0: but it's so funny that we've not hit there. People yet. don't
1: do it. They're like, whatever. We got it. we got our eight thousand leads. You switch it off. Mm. I, I think if someone rang me a client said, look, switch off the campaign. Why? We've sold out of stock. Wow. The campaign was effective yeah it was cool congratulations you know i would I, w- I would accept that i'd be like yeah, hey, why not i've done my job well and, and that, that's happened once before yeah like, pause sorry uh, pause the campaign we're out of stock you've done really well i was like thank you you know because you know as a supplier you never get a thank you by the way no, you don't get it. do you know what i mean it's like oh we could have done more uh, how could we do more and stuff like that but yeah it's so, tricky
0: okay let's go to let's, if we open up client side let's go to client side i think client side probably has the burden of the things to do, yeah, yeah, and and coming from client side, I understand, I, I'm empathetic towards pr- um, product managers and brand managers, and the and the amount of pressure and, and internal BS they go through, yeah, I, I'm yeah. very aware.
1: The internal justifications, yes, these people. I'm, must I'm very
0: aware. Yeah, yeah, but there has to be some things we have to get done at client side that are probably the most important thing before anything else. Yeah, yeah. One, start with people. Right. I think that's where most client side do not start. You have to start with people. Yeah, yeah. You have to understand that the people you have, either they're they're not inputting data correctly, Yeah, they're not speaking in a personalized way to the customer, mm-hmm. or they don't have the capabilities to do so. Maybe the systems they have don't work. So you start with people. Now you might have to fire people and that's okay. Some people have to get fired. Yeah, We have to understand that sometimes, especially if we're talking about transformation or everyone's talking about transformation right now, Yeah, you have to fire people. You have to accept people have to get fired. Yeah. If you don't accept that then you're not going anywhere. I fully agree. But yeah. then I know it sucks. But but people have to get fired. You you look at the talent pool that we have here. It's
1: it's not that great. Yeah. But you again, looking back to like uh seven, eight, nine years ago, you had just, you know, glorified admin running around as like brand directors putting but, ma- but monster seven summers. eight
0: years ago yeah. does it really matter if the call center agent could not even speak the language of the customer because that customer's to buy the car anyway yeah exactly you Does it know, really matter he's, no already, he's
1: already walked in the lot yeah he, he, he's, he's he's already warned by the car We're now what you have you've you, you have you have what we call legacy yeah you you've people who've been in these positions and they've dominated and you know worked their way up and they've justified their roles the internal politics behind that though but they've added no value no. whatsoever they're just burning through budgets and implementing what they yeah, feel yeah. they just rode the wave them. of
0: the previous j- yeah. years when it was very profitable
1: i know one prestige uh, oem who's recently let go of one of their uh, slash marketing pr directors because that person was so involved with influencer marketing mm. they felt this is this was the way to sell a uh what was the car 1.2 million dirham car wow. and like this influencer marketing it's like you have to be kidding me you mean to tell me that somebody who's in market for baseline on this particular brand's 850k um, you tell me that people are going to buy this car because they saw some douchebag influencer doing something stupid where they know nothing about the car. And uh, we had a very heated discussion. And, she, and that person is like, well, look, I'm going to leave the business after six years. Been, They've been the business for six years. But for me, it was laughable because from their point of view, they just uh, as a client, they'd find a new way to justify uh, mm-hmm. something new and exciting, yeah. which they could then obviously escalate and you know regurgitate to, yeah. to, to global and uh, yeah. you know back in the UK. And it was hilarious because they thought they were like marketing geniuses. They're using influencer marketing. And it's funny because I think we should talk more about this influencer marketing. I want to get into it because
0: I I, I don't want to get into it. Anyway, (laughs) I do want to get into it. Not not right now. I want to first. For the next podcast. Yeah, No, even this podcast. I just want to finish. I want to finish the topic we're talking about. So first of all, the people. Look internally at the people you have. Yeah, yeah. Are they even able to communicate to the customer in a way the customer wants to be communicated? Yeah. Cool. Do they have two? I would say is, do they have the information about the customer to be able to customize a, the, that, that conversation? It could be yes, it could be no. Yeah. You have to figure that out. Yeah. Number three, are they inputting information into whatever system they do that's correct? Yeah. Because you'd be surprised at how bad data input is. Really? Yeah. That input, I think, from every aspect I've seen it across board. As a customer, I know that data input's not right. I've been, I've been contacted by call center agents for... From real estate to banks that don't know my basic information. And this is like a co- company that I, for example, bank that has my information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't understand it. Yeah, because someone put my information wrong at some point. Yeah, and like that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the most basic things. So, one, are your people capable? Two, can they read the information? Three, can they input information? You answer those three questions, you've already done an accomplishment. I would probably then. Move on to the systems you have. Sometimes the systems you have are not capable of an attribution model. That's the, that's the fact. The disconnect. Yes, yeah. there's a huge disconnect. For example, your website that captures leads might not talk to the to the software that your call center uses. The, the software your call center uses might not speak to the software that your salespeople use. The salespeople software does not speak to the ones that whatever people use. Right. Yeah. yeah. So do you have a, do you have systems that speak to each other? Yeah. If the answer is no, either get one system for everyone. Or you integrate. And integration could be a headache. Maybe just get a new system.
1: Sounds so simple, doesn't
0: it? It, it all sounds simple. <laughs> doesn't it? But it's, we're talking about, this is like years of work. Uh, yeah. This is years of work. Mm. And then de- dedication and money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you have to be really serious about this. Yeah, yeah. Um. So those are the two things I say, you solve those, you'd solve so much from the client side. And then you'd be able to know, fantastic, customer X filled information about apartment A. He, and then, and then the call center person called him, Yep. spoke to him because that a call center person has the information spoke to that customer knowing exactly what the customer wanted yep. and the customer bought then your marketing department knows that this person came from a Facebook campaign blah blah, blah. hey agency put more money on Facebook yep. for this specific segmentation and that is how you can achieve maximum ROI yeah and
1: the thing is you know you know this firsthand okay. in some ways and it's the ideology of uh, just to fill in a few things in that as well um, so sales will be like no look the uh uh, the leads from CRM are weak. Yes. You know what I mean? And they're like, well that's you hear that a lot. Yeah. a sales team is always going to tell you the leads are weak to justify their position yeah, like, Of well, course, Why couldn't you sell you this sell more. hard to sell product? Because sales guys are lazy, you know, in and general. Uh, in, in general it's, the thing is they want to go after the,
0: you know, the path of least Resistance, the low hanging fruit. They want to, they want to close customers that right. were able to buy right away and basically give them the commission.
1: And I've heard that's why a lot of the, the main franchises aren't invited, sales guys particularly, aren't invited to new car launches. No, I'm don't know. Cuz they'll, they'll, they'll bring the journalist first. No more influencers. Certain brands, and then they'll bring in the uh, the retailers. Because they don't want them to start leaking footage. For example, if I'm a sales guy, you know, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, Hassan's my bro. I'll send you a WhatsApp picture from the launch because you're like, be know will buy right away.' No, but you will be excited. I'm I'm giving you privilege information. Mm. You know, like this is a super hot car. It's just on a, a eight minutes, you know, 10 second on the Nurburgring. You're like, Wow, man.' You know, and you've got this WhatsApp image, which of course you might be an influencer. You might put it up on your Instagram, yeah. and the whole thing is ruined. Um, but the point being is that uh, that's a really good point. The from from con from initial contact through to call center and i can guarantee 99 percent of call centers here cannot convert or cannot give the user experience the only experience yeah. that i've had in that sense it's do you know the old analogy of turning a, ne- a negative into a positive and if you do that then th- there is some facts and figures around this they'll try and bring it the next time but that customer is going to be something it's like times 11 times more um loyal to the brand so for example i was buying a car and it was horrific experience mm because the card had to come from one end to another and the guy didn't know how to register it. So what happened was, over the course of, say, seven weeks, um, I escalated it to their head of sales mm-hmm. and he got on the phone and he said, look, um, you tell me your side of the story. And I said, no, you tell me yours first. And so he 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 went through his timeline of what happened. And I said, okay. And then I gave him my timeline, And within 10 seconds, he's like, fine. Picture's clear now. And he turned it into a positive. You'll get this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. And he maintained, to this day, been, this is like three years ago, he's maintained contact. That's and that's very, good. very powerful because you don't get that here. Nobody cares no. it's a negative. I
0: realize something. This is it's going to sound so simple and stupid, but this is, this is a great example that customers um, really appreciate when the when the company knows exactly what they want. Yeah, in such a way. Like I'll you, I'll give you the ties example. Yesterday was my wife's birthday. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So happy we, birthday! Thank you. <laughs> uh, so we go to we go to a restaurant, uh-huh. and before I went, when I booked it, I use an app to book. I use yeah. Reserve Out because I I like to use that app. It's a good app. Yeah. yeah. I put in my wife's birthday. Uh-huh. Can we organize a cake? Right. So I get there, the waiter that was serving us knew my name, knew my wife's name because right. the information was passed on to him, and yeah. knew it was her birthday, knew it was a surprise. Uh-huh. And when I stepped outside, he quickly whispered to me, I know exactly what's going on. I'll have the kick when you get back. Wow. Right. And it's very simple. Yeah. But the fact is that the team there passed information on to the waiter to serving my table. And he knew that made me so happy. And yeah. he got a very big, he got a very big tip. Yeah. 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 And he deserved.
1: It. You were super happy. Yeah, like, also, he,
0: he, the fact is I didn't have to tell him. Yeah, yeah. If I had to go tell him, at first I thought I had to tell him. So I went up to him and I'm like, listen, I, I, I booked. He goes, he goes, I know. I know. I know. I know, and yeah. that made me so happy, and I felt, I felt, and it's such a simple thing, and I felt so appreciated. Yeah, that he got a very, very big tip. I wish
1: people uh, listening to this would write in where they've had their expectations exceeded. Yeah, it's
0: rare, right? Very rare. Yeah, like, yeah. it's so rare that I'm like, I, I, I was, I, I'm so happy about it. Yeah. Like I'm talking to you about it now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're glowing from yeah. it, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and and when I tell you the name of the restaurant, that might give added positive uh, idea of that restaurant, right? And yeah, then maybe yeah. you want to take your wife there for next birthday. W-
1: word of mouth is so powerful right? in that sense. Like it's, it's so simple. Yeah. It's
0: it's so simple. Like all it, all it took was the uh, the person the, the person who took the reservation all it had to do was pass the information on to the waiter. Exactly. And the waiter appreciated it, and then he used it to to basically get a very big tip. And do you know what? It's a double edged sword. Yeah. Two years ago, my wife booked a restaurant for me
1: reserve out surprise okay. again and we went there they had no idea who we are and um, that was it and, and how about ba- and, and i'm sure they're not gonna very a tip and then and then they're like sorry we don't take bookings I'm like but we have a reserve out no we don't do that i'm like but it says you 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 rang me twice and you confirmed confirm. it yeah so, you, so i mean so, so, so the restaurant restaurant rest, it was the restaurant's fault 100 percent and they blamed reserve out and they're like look we're adamant you know we've given you the information but again the restaurant was like no we're adamant we don't take bookings And we were like guys this. Why are you even registered? This is this is an absolute this is like comedy. But again, it's it's how you, I think the point here is how you use technology, yes, right? It's From how a supplier you and client side, if you use it well, it can be an absolute you know bonus for you, you can have customers glowing and running around yeah. outside telling about how wonderful the product was. Uh, it, or ma- or Im- Imagine, yeah. imagine
0: you go to a car website, you fill in the exact car you want, mm. and then you get called, and the person knows exactly what you want. Exactly. He knows exactly what you Down want. Down to the color, the, the color, everything. Yeah. Even even did the, the proactiveness yeah. to schedule a tentative test drive for you. Yeah for the exact car, ready to go when you are. Exactly. How happy would you be? I would faint. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I would say I'm definitely not in the UAE. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I'll be ecstatic. Yeah. I'll be yeah. so happy. Yeah. I, w- like,
0: I can't even imagine how that could be like.
1: I think you, you nailed it though, man. It's like re- retailers here, they've had it too good for too long. Yes. They, had, they had a path of very little resistance to yes. sale. And now they're like, whoa, we have to actually you know, strategize yes. and harvest a yes. sales strategy. We have to be able to. like, When we talk about things like final attribution, people are like, what? You know, yeah, yeah. and it's not—it's not, it's not a complex
0: thing either, though. No, right? yeah. but getting there is—is is complex. So let's go back to the thing you talked about. Why does it have to be a call? Mm. I completely does not have to be a call. Okay. For example, it could be an email. Yeah. It could be an SMS. I think I even wrote an article about that has it been published. No, it has not been published yet. Article is coming soon. Yeah. That I believe email and SMS have been the most underrated, misrepresented tools yeah. in our region. I think so. Because, and I and I'll want to stretch this enough. If you go to your agency and tell them you want to do an EDM blast yep. using a third party's database of the audience you want, you're doing it 100% wrong and quick job right now. Right. right. I'm sorry. I'm being drastic, but you should leave. Right. Why? Because you are basically saying, I'm going to use a database. that's not mine. Yeah for people who are not interested in me, yeah, send them a mass communication that's not personalized because I don't even know what they like because they never gave me the information and I want to pay the cheapest rate for it. And, and I'm going to hold you the agency responsible if it doesn't convert and I'm going to hold the supplier. Are you kidding me? Mm. Are I mean, you kidding me?
1: And can you also forecast leads for that? Yeah, like...
0: so yeah. I, I understand why, why I hear brand managers going, yeah, email, SMS doesn't work. Yeah, because you've been using it wrong. Yeah. Okay, so now, now we have established that emails SMS are not being used wrong. Are you are used wrong? So let's say, if you can acquire a piece of technology that automates communication, and there's a lot of technology out there—from HubSpot to Adobe to Oracle, Salesforce—there's so much technology out there yeah. that works with your CRM system to send personalized, or if you want it to be personalized, automatic communication to the customer based on the customer's behavior. Yep. And there's always, so sometimes it doesn't always have to be a call; it can always be an SMS or email. I was, I would love, I would love to get an email from a company that I subscribe to sending me an advertising about something I've showed interest in. I've yet to get it. You to get it. The closest yeah. I get is abandoned cart emails, but those are yeah. very simple, right? Yeah, yeah. For example, you go to Amazon.ae, yeah. you put in something in the cart, you leave, you, get, yeah, you, you see advertising. That's fine. Standard CRM. Very standard yeah, e-commerce. Yeah. But when it comes to high ticket items or whatever, I've yet to see it. Mm. Yeah. Now, if you, now, most people don't have the system. These are called marketing automation softwares. If you're a client, buy them. Yeah. But when you buy them, make sure they integrate. Make sure they work with the CRM. Yeah. Or and all you're going to be having is a Mailchimp tool, and I'm not I'm not deprecating Mailchimp. It's a good tool. I love it, man. Yeah, it's a good a tool, it. but I'm saying it yeah. doesn't have the complexities of like an Adobe or a Salesforce. Yeah. And all you're going to be doing is blasting EDMs, and mm-hmm. blasting EDMs is not good.
1: Yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. And it's interesting because people use what one of five apps per day. You know? Yes. So email is within that, right? 100. percent So if you, the idea you actually touched on something there that sms and edm here has been not just utilized but abused yes so everybody hates getting that promotional sms oh, i'm gonna call remember, I, remember the ramadan ones oh, like oh, people's phones like i'm gonna i'm
0: gonna be annoying because i'm not gonna hide this because i've actually said this in public many times dubai tv right dubai tv here's i got sms once from dubai tv okay. with an opt-out option i opted out guess right. what happened next you got another SMS, I got six in a row. Seriously, six SMSs wow. in a row from Dubai TV. Wow, that's crazy! Six in a row after opting out,
1: yeah. But th- they're probably like three fills per SMS, yeah, even less. Even less, and they're like, Okay, send, send, send. And they're like, Okay, it's pre weekend, long weekend,
0: bang. No, like, right? I, I don't know what happened. Their system has taken the fact that if you opt out, you want more. Like the second I opted out, I got six in a row. Far sick, I I, I posted on, is... on social media, LinkedIn, yeah, Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, not one of them ever addressed it.
1: That's the thing they they would say, okay, look, it was a tech glitch. Well, not it wasn't. It was just per CRM. Yes, and there's no there's no value for no. the customer relationship. I've had I've had good friends who've tried to buy very high ticket items and cars, and they just give up. You yes. know, and they you know, and they're like, that's
0: just <coughs> how they were treated and stuff. But
1: yeah, so SMS. Do you think there's a future
0: for SMS here? I think if it's done right, these tools can be so effective. Yeah, so effective. Yeah. Okay. Imagine let's let's say let's say another scenario. You want to buy an apartment. You yeah. want to buy a house. Mm-hmm. You filled in the lead. Yeah. Cool. Now let's imagine everything is amazing. The call center person called you, knew exactly what you wanted, and they booked you a, a meeting with a real estate to do a walkthrough of the apartment. The morning of, what if you get an SMS saying, "Hi Osman." We're so excited to, to meet you at this location. You're going to be meeting Hassam, who's going to be a real estate agent. Yeah. He knows everything that you, about you. Right. He knows everything ready. He's going to be waiting for you with a fresh cup of coffee. How nice would that SMS be? Faint. Would, would you opt out from that email, from the SMS? At oh, not at all. Ironically, and then you get there, and the guy's ready with a cup of coffee, who knows your name, knows exactly your finances, walks you through it, and he even knows, for example, you are focused on big size garages, yeah. and you have a child, so you, you want two kids, yeah. you know, so blah, blah blah blah. How, how amazing experience, sides. man! You'd love that SMS. It'd be be unheard of. Yes, you know he's he's done that recently. No, I don't know reasonably well.
1: Yes, Reason please tell me, I'd love to. Know. Um, dent, dentists. When really okay. yeah when you're confirming appointments my wife was talking about um her, have, her, her beauty I'll, I'll, appointments and because the the load on that is so much it's like oh damn these guys are uh, fully booked till next saturday because i told her i'm going off to do a, a podcast with, with with you she's like i'll, I'll go <laughs> said, i'll go get my nails done and then she was so frustrated because she's like oh it's, it's fully booked um if you think of it it's such a um high volume or fast moving in that sense that obviously a dentist needs to make sure that you are in the chair because they have other bunch of other customers who yes. are coming in, right? And that's that's a time based appointment. Yes. Same for beauty. And I I I was like I was so impressed. And they sent me an SMS, an email, uh, sorry, a calendar invite. And then, oh wow! Yeah, a calendar a invite. calendar invite. That's a calendar invite. unheard G, of. Gmail calendar invite, right? Respect. And then then WhatsApp branded WhatsApp say hi, how are you? Just let us know if you're running late or anything though, um, and stuff like that. And then on the day, here's the map as you and I did about to reach your house. And I was blown away.
0: I was like, that's fantastic. Here, yeah. Here's, respect, yeah, it was, absolute it was really respect. Good. Obviously, because obviously I live we in Dubai. This is done manually, right? Probably,
1: yeah. Okay. I, I, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's done manually. Of course, because I live in Dubai, I cancelled the appointment five, <laughs> five, <laughs> five minutes before I had to make it. You know, yeah. You know, yeah, you have to live the dream, and uh and then. But the thing is, they were still so good. They said, like, "We understand you couldn't make the appointment." I don't know why I couldn't, Megan. Maybe I was talking to you and Adnan or something. Probably. I got to know. And um, shout out to Adnan. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Shout well. Shout out to Marwan. Well. Out to Marwan. Hope yeah, you're yeah. doing well, man. Yeah. And uh, what happened next was how they said, "Do you want to rebook?" But they're very nice about it, though. There was no phone call. There was no SMS. Let us know when you want to
0: rebook. Here, send yeah, us. That's send, nice. Send us that's good. a good customer. Experience. But it was, it was,
1: it was all right though. Yeah. But again, as you said, that was just a so, m- yeah. m- mom and pop show. Yeah, yeah. There's no automation. So when, yeah.
0: when you have, you have the automation, you have the integration, and then you actually build those journeys. I, th- I think email and SMSs will be your most effective tools. Yeah, and you don't need to call anymore. Well, yeah. sometimes you need to call. Some customers don't respond. Yeah. But, uh, here's where it gets tricky. Your call center needs to understand if the customer received emails and SMSs, if yeah. he interacted with the emails and SMSs, and then when you if you, and then if he hasn't, yeah. you call and you know exactly what to say. Yeah. So there's also an extra layer of complication there, but you have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. For example, you set everything up. You have your automation software, CRMs going, call centers on point. If you get a if you get a message about an apartment and then you and then you don't eat, so you, I, the call center needs to know if you opened it, if you clicked, if you responded, and then if not, then they call you. Yeah, knowing that you didn't do any of that, knowing your journey, that is That's, another complication point that, that needs to get. That would be. I
1: was going to say to you that maybe the phone call shouldn't be first. Have I interacted? Like yes. it's the engagement metric. Yes, have I opened the email, clicked through, yes. and have I done something else? And um, are we monitoring your behavior? Yes. and if you and if you've done say like want to say three, four, five things fantastic now we can call you or no
0: maybe we don't even need a call we don't even need a call but we know you're warm towards the call yes do you know what i mean yes you know yeah it can be a very know. complimentary tool with a call center yeah and i think that's where we're lacking so all right cool so client majority of the 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 fault, the majority of the burdens on them mm. and uh, that's how it is because but they're also the ones who treat the most rewards true you're true. the one you're the one making the profit margins every supplier just getting his, his booking order yeah and the agency is getting their fee yeah. let's move down to the agency what can the agency do then because agency as well, I think. Let's look. If I would put percentage, I would go. I would go. Fifty-five, thirty-five, twenty. Right. Fifty-five client, thirty-five agency, twenty supplier. As in what responsibility? Responsibility okay. percentage burden. Fair enough. Fair what would enough. you do? I would. I would
1: agree with that. Would you put more would, on I would, client? I would maybe? put seventy percent on the client. Interesting. Because if you, if you, if and you...
0: only twenty percent agency, really. Mm. And 10% supplier? Yeah. Only 20% on agency. Well, the, the agency's
1: tapping the supplier. Like the, the word mm. supplier is, this is the person who owns the actual supply that you need to buy. No, but the supplier has a burden
0: yeah. that, let's say the supplier gets everything perfectly. Mm. There's a burden there to, to to make the changes necessary. True, true. Which is why I put 20. But
1: then you need to have a super brave client. Clients aren't brave. Agency can't be brave enough to mm. to address the the, the client. And the suppliers like, well, look, our nature of business is that we we own the mm. substance and product that you need, um, but th- then if you find, do- I'll do sixty, thirty-five, fifteen. That's <laughs> the best I can give it. Well, let's just flip it and say, imagine you say ninety percent on the supplier, <laughs> right? And we're dictating to the client, right? So five percent we're dictating. Do you know what? I'm going to say ninety-five percent on the supplier, and then the rest we're dictating the agency so much. And in, in, in that sense, and you're you're almost forcing them mm. to adhere to yours. Of course, that'll never happen. No, no, no. But in the same sense, though, yeah. But like, yeah, the client does have a fiduciary. Yeah, problem. mostly. Okay. But let's move on to agency.
0: Yeah. But we can agree that it goes client first, agency second, supplier third. We can agree on that. Yeah. In terms of the order, well, what could an agency do? That transparency, man. Transparency, but trans- like, the thing is, you're never going to get transparency. That's the game.
1: You know, the media, the media, media world. That's uh, the game. For, for, but for, is it their fault? It's no like how how media was bought from back in the dark ages in nineteen sixties all the way up to today has been it's been effective because it's been non-transparent mm. and if it was transparent you wouldn't have a media world right no you wouldn't. People would people just be buying direct
0: but yeah. do you think the problem lies with low agency fees I've worked on accounts I have low agency fees as low as one percent that's crazy so even if a campaign is a hundred thousand dollars a month and usually you run monthly campaigns right yeah. hundred thousand dollars a lot of money it's a lot of money 1% one percent is a thousand dollars I can, you cannot pay. For the water that the employee has yeah. been drinking, <laughs> yeah. and it's expensive water, yeah. But for the month that he's running the campaign, like you're not gonna pay the salary. This is an average. Let's say the most junior media planner is gonna make ten thousand dirhams, was yeah. three thousand US dollars. Yeah. If one percent is the agency fee, that's a third of his salary. You have not covered his salary. Yeah. So yeah, that's a problem.
1: It's a huge problem, man. And one of the ways to look at it is that so we do if- we blame agencies for being non-transparent or to a degree? Well, the thing is, if the client demand them to be transparent would they be mm. so imagine all of a sudden we, we wake up tomorrow and media land has changed upside down okay. and the agency has been bypassed okay and they said sort of, okay until you become fully transparent but dude even with the client the client is complicit to how an agency behaves yeah yeah and um in, in that sense it's like the client, like look do this do that burn it this way or do it like that uh um, cool. it's a tricky one i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to burn any bridges though in that no, sense no we don't want to burn bridges yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. I'll, I'll speak. I'll, I'll speak. Let me take. It. Right. I don't have any bridges anyway. <laughs> I'll speak. All right. Agency side. I think there is a problem. We have to be aware there's a problem. If the okay, here's the problem. With, here's here's the issue. As an agency, and it's probably usually not the planner's fault, right? Yep. You are taught that leads is is your final destination. Mm. Because agency's nature is, I like to always take things down to data. First, second, third party. Yeah, right. First party is clients. Second party is supplier. Third party is agency. Because agencies work in the third party world, they are only beholden to third party liability. Yeah. And here is a problem between the agency-client relationship. Clients need to make agencies reliable for first party as well. Yeah. Because the third party converts to first party. Correct. Right. Correct. And if the third party is not of the best quality, that means the first party that's getting converted is not of the best quality. And it gets worse over time. And it gets worse over time. So. There has to be some liability to agencies that are become that need to be liable on the quality of the third party that converts to first. The problem with agencies are, and here's why I've always been against agency fees. We need to move away from agency fees. Mm. Go to retainer. What's what, what's wrong with retainer? Right. Listen, your account needs this many resources. Right. This is how many resources I could put to your account. These resources cost. Yeah. If if they're dedicated, not dedicated, their cost is X amount. This is how much is my agency. So that's, that's my retainer. Yeah. You have to please pay and cover the salaries of the employees that work. That's the minimum. Yeah, yeah. So I don't like agency fees. I just don't like it. So and the clients abuse agency fees. A clients are also at fault because they abuse agency fees. When a client keeps switching, goes on pitch year after year, yeah. it's keep driving down the agency fee. That's unfair to the agency. True, true, and it puts the workload of the agency under massive pressure. Exactly, that's why I have agency people who end up working four accounts because they need to get their salary paid. Yeah, exactly. They're, they can't pay it off and that two
1: three percent agency these, fee. These young graduates are like you know burnt out. But do you think then is a solution that we move to to management consultancy model? Yes, kind of what's happening. Yes. is, say, okay, look you guys are going to get it's billable
0: hours yes
1: versus the actual fee on the spend yes i think yeah. i really
0: think that's a very yeah. good model it's, i think that is where companies like accenture oracle pwc uh, booz allen all these all these all these yeah. consultants are superior to agencies because they have put from the beginning we work on a tnm time and material mm. your account needs this much time this many material i'm going to bill you this much per hour yeah, yeah. and i'll make sure it's justified
1: and they're they're ready kind of doing their financials so it comes like like the top top five accountancies, you know, PwC, Accenture. They're already doing the financials for. The they brand. already are exactly. And um, what I what I kind of saw recently is that you have these kind of performance management consultancies. Yes. And they actually will say, okay, we'll put in uh, we'll put in uh, fees and penalties mm. to the agency if you don't have these metrics. Yes. And that's alarming because that's another agency on an agency. That's that's like a game within a game. Yes. But that agency's being paid. It's by inception. Yeah, it's inception. It's 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 like the NBA, right? Because obviously they created a game above the game to monetize yes. it, right? And uh, that's another subject. But the idea is that's another agency who's dictating to the media agency. Yes. To hit these goals, if they don't, that they'll implement penalties. Mm-hmm. But why is that even agency even there? Yeah. Get rid of them both. Work 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 on this kind of like straight. Um, this kind of like the straight idea where, as you say, T Time and materials. I'm working like that.
0: I I don't know. It it seems so logical to me. Yeah. It just seems logical. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Coca-Cola. Right. Pepsi. Whatever. Whatever. uh, You know. Red Bull. Mm. Your account. Okay. You want to run a hundred thousand dollar campaigns per month. Mm. Fantastic. Uh, You want. You want a weekly meeting. Yeah. You want a weekly status sheet. You want a monthly report. Yeah. You want to do programmatic. All right. Cool. I'm going to need a junior i'm going to need a manager i'm going to need a creative art director whatever one two three they're going to work four hours per week all right cool their hours a hundred dollars for this guy two hundred dollars for like all right cool blah 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 two thousand dollars every month they'll cover your they'll cover your your agency work
1: and we can move on sounds good sounds good do you remember years ago there was a thing called implants that you yeah. work for if you worked for an agency it started off in ppc agencies yeah essentially because nobody knew what ppc was the big, uh, the big two airlines here said, so "Okay, we'll have an implant from the agency work within our yes. team, and that'll allow us to upscale, understand what they're doing." But yes. also, the guys are, are part of the daily briefings; they're part of the daily, like you know, battle meetings and stuff like that. And I think that was a really healthy approach as well because they had to be transparent. These people were almost the same as an employee yes. of the brand of the client. A lot of in the same office, they go yeah. sit in the client's they, office, they, they're shoulder to shoulder, yeah, yeah literally, shoulder to shoulder. And so there's no such thing as like BOs and how could we scale? No, 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 that's the right next one. How to me. could we front load? How could we, we added value? There's none of that. It yeah. was just it was straight. They were like almost like colleagues. Yeah. Well, that's kind of died an awful death now because yeah. I think they realized it just wasn't profitable. No, it's not. So you on. know, because back then it was to spend anything to make it, wasn't it? Yes. You know, we would dump million, doll- million dollar million dollars million dollars a month on PPC. Nobody uses PPC anywhere, anymore. Million dollars a month on uh, SEM and anything now. But I think one of the things that we're involved in now is digital transformation. Yes, I think the word transformation is wrong for this region. Mm. It's d- digital reformation. You know, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's educating people to do the right thing. Yes, you know? that we have transformed. Yes, very well said. Yeah, very well we've, said. We've transformed already. But it's the idea that we haven't transformed to do the right thing. Yes. It's an absolute mess. Yes. You have under-the-table uh, under, under, under deals, you have legacy heads, you have nasty old stuff yeah, yeah. that needs to go,
0: you know? Yeah. So, can okay, we agree that the agency fee model is not right? Okay. Regardless, because of agency fee models, so agencies, to a degree are trying to find ways to monetize. Yeah, And look, they have to. They have to pay salaries. This is where we get arbitrage. Now, every industry has arbitrage, right? Export-import has arbitrage. Yeah. Everything has. For me, it's just a degree of arbitrage. When you arbitrage so much that you're hurting the performance of a campaign, that's where I go That that's unacceptable. Yeah. And when I mean arbitrage, is basically you buy for X amount, you sell for Y, and you make more money, right? Yeah. So the problem is, which most media planners, I didn't know this as a media planner. So this is most things media planners don't know, is especially in programmatic, Your programmatic desk is usually treated as a third-party supplier, even though technically they're in the same building. Sometimes sometimes in the same building, sometimes in a different country, sometimes different floor, sometimes a different room, right? That so that training desk treated as a supplier. That means you as an agency send a, I don't know, a, a a request or whatever, a PR. They send you an invoice, and then they buy they buy for you. And, they sell, and then they sell to your client kind of thing, right? So for example, your media plan is $5. That means you send to your trading desk a $5 at a million impressions, $5,000, cool. Okay, I'm gonna send you a $5,000. So You've set a booking order, they send you an invoice, blah, blah, blah. Now, if you think you're actually buying a $5, you are very mistaken. We've already agreed that there's a data cost. Yeah. Data is expensive, that's the truth. I've mm. seen data costs range up to $3. Mm. And that's always should be incorporated within your CPM rate, Yeah. right? Because it's as a planner, as a training desk, you have to have the authority to plan. Right, cool. I have this campaign, this data, this audience. The CPM is going to be twelve dollars.
1: Cost per thousand impressions. Yes. CPM. CPM
0: cost per thousand impressions. Thank yep. you. Impressions every time an ad is viewed. Yep. Um, so I'm going to call, I'm going to charge you twelve dollars. You know what? Because this I need to buy data. Now there's not only data fees within your CPM. There's something called a technology fee. This basically every time you use a DSP demand side platform, you have to pay that DSP a cost. Right. So so for example, most of us use Google, Google yeah. Ad Exchange, uh, DFP, DFA, double click for a- publishers, double click for advertisers. Uh, it's now called, it used to be called DBM, double click bid manager. Now it's called DV360, just yeah. new rebranding. Don't get confused. It's all a DSP. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the privilege of using the DSP you have to pay mm. and that is incorporated within your cost per thousand impressions, your CPM. So now you have data and now you have technology fee. You also have another thing called an ad server fee. Yeah. What is an ad server? Basically it is a tool between your DSP and your ad exchange, right? And every time there's a person, an audience member that that pops up in the ad exchange, this tool tells the DSP, Hey, I got someone, let's let's launch the campaign on this guy. Every time you do that, you also pay a fee and you're just quite low. It's like three cents, 10, well, whatever it is. And that also is a CPM. So now you have your, now you've lost your data, you've lost your technology fee, and now you've lost your ad server fee. Hey, do you want to do uh, ad fraud? Hey, you want to throw in moat? You got to pay for moat, right? So now it's another dollar, right? So now, as you see, your media—the actual media by itself has decreased. So let's say after you pay all the fees, all the advocation, let's say you get, let's say you start at twelve dollars. Now you're at let's say six. So you've lost fifty percent. Let's imagine. Yeah. You still think your agency does a six dollar buy. The answer is no, no. and I'm not. I, I, it's not even hidden anymore. I, like at first, when I used to talk about these, people, like don't talk about it, don't talk about. It. I'm like, why? It's the articles that are out there. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. Yeah, I'm not saying. Guys, go to Digiday, which is an awesome online publication, and search arbitrage, mm-hmm. or go to Google and search arbitrage. I am not saying anything. Uh, you know, hidden. I am not a whistleblower, uh, even though it seems like they treat it like a whistleblower. But it's not a whistleblower. Information yeah. is out there.
1: Pe- pe- just people they don't they don't understand it. Therefore, they don't dislike yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
0: so, I'm not a whistleblower. I'm literally saying public information. This mm. is actually what happens. Your agency then will decide to take another percentage. That's why it's called arbitrage. Yeah. Because the agency fees are so low, they cannot make money anymore. So they might instead of buying at six dollars, they'll buy at five and pocket a dollar, or they'll yeah. buy at four and pocket two dollars. That comes down to the agency, yeah, right? Yeah. The problem is the lower you go down and the less your media buy gets to, that means you're bidding at a lower amount. That means the person you are buying, the people, the cookies you are buying are at a lower quality, usually, usually, Mm, unless there's no competition, right? And you're buying it cheap. So what happens is, why why am I always so adamant about this? If you can't sell enough cars, if you can't sell enough apartments, you can't sell enough makeup, whatever. The reason why is that, and you're getting tons of website traffic and they're not converting. Do you know what's happening? People that should not be even going to your website are going to your website because they're being bought cheaply. Wastage. Wastage of money. Yeah. Very well said, right? So this is the problem. Mm. And that's, what some, that's why we talk about transparency. That's why transparency is a huge issue. Mm. Because we need to address this thing. We yeah. need to address it, right? And the reason why your agency does that is because they need to pay salaries.
1: It's their businesses. I need to profit. Yeah, they're, they're businesses, and clients
0: like, are not allowing them to. Exactly, they're,
1: they're 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 what he called floated businesses. Yes, they have shareholders, and they need and, and they need that return. Yes, so the idea is like the the top end of an agency normally does very well, and you have like these per exhausted junior planners. Yes, running around doing like eighteen hour days, working on Saturdays, everything. And you you know what that was like? You you were one of those guys. I was. I did. I yeah? did
0: fourteen hour days for three years in a row. Yeah, it was remember, ridiculous. Remember, you told me that a good day for you was eight hundred and sixty emails yes right. yeah yeah i used to, I used. To, oh my god i used <laughs> to get on one account 860 emails between the one adops, ad yeah, yeah. ops yeah. team the suppliers yeah. the clients i would get 860 it's emails a impossible to. i would spend three hours a day on emails
1: yeah yeah and what ten percent of those emails were? did you see the last email yes yeah yeah
0: and I, I i used to get in trouble with my director who really wanted to fire me yeah, yeah. right because yeah. i was not answering emails and i told her listen i need three hours a day for emails it's crazy crazy is what it is yeah yeah is what it is yeah. So that was the problem. And uh, I think this is where clients and suppliers need to, uh, sorry, and agencies need to sit together and agree yep. to move to a different model.
1: What What about them? If, if a client actually had an internal media agency. Now we're talking about in housing.
0: Yeah. In-housing is an interesting topic. So let's just close this topic. So we said now, okay. clients have to do their thing, agents mm-hmm. do their thing, suppliers. I think if we all can do our things, yep. we can all be profitable, mm. and we can all get, because in reality, the more ROI you give to the client, the yep. more cl- oh, clients can put money into that funnel. Mm. And, and it's a money it's a money funnel, yep. from the client to the agency to the supplier. You want, money, you want clients to put more money? Hey, make the more sales. Yeah, The more sales they make, the more marketing budget they get, the more money you make in return. So let's all agree, that transparency, working the right way, data sharing is actually better for the entire model. And we're all thinking short term and very, very um selfish and we're only caring about ourselves, but in reality we're hurting ourselves in the long run. I think it's
1: survival as well. It's yeah, it's yeah. pure survival right yeah. now. You think about the amount of agencies that have popped up recently doing programmatic. Yes. Right? And so many. You, yeah, so many. And they're all they're all like fighting over the same cookie. Yes. But they're trying to weave in their their profit out of that. Out of, what like it's less like fifty cent. Yeah, CPM, yeah. but they're trying to boost the weight, get that up to like four five, six dollars. Yes. So it's survival. Right? Yes. And you, you you'd say survival of the fittest, but that's too much too complimentary.
0: Yes. You, you know, yeah. It's no, just no. survival. At it's all. like it's like a zombie apocalypse. It's a race to the bottom. It's a yeah. zombie apocalypse. Big time. Publishers do have to do one thing. They have to maintain no fraud on their website. Mm. I have personally caught over the last six years i love this topic by the way yeah. i've caught publishers who do something called impressions i've i've seen impression stacking i remember i once opened up a website mm. and there was a glitch something happened i was with i was with a colleague of mine and we were both looking at the screen and something happened yeah. something glitched where i saw impressions that i actually saw banner after banner banner stack behind each other i saw it something happened it was a glitch something something happened and i caught it and that uh, and that was horrible That's... impression stacking is basically listen a publisher has is inventory's impressions, right? I have a leaderboard I put at the top of the page and I have a MPU, which is a small little square thing that goes middle of the page. And I'll have a big billboard on the right or a skyscraper, which is a long or half page, which is a long vertical thing on the right side. And basically I can eye my website because it gets 100,000 visitors a month I have this many impressions hmm. so you know so as a publisher you need to understand the people that come to your website the amount that comes to your website and then you basically need to uh, create a revenue model of how much how many impressions you can sell at what rate yeah now what a lot of publishers do is because a lot because because budgets are down and they' and, and and CPMs are down and they want to make more money they'll take one impression and then put 10 impressions behind it so one equals to 10 hmm. so now you go from a website that, that has inventory of a million to an inventory of 10 million yeah which is a real problem yeah, yeah. it's a huge problem and I've seen it and I've caught it and this is a huge ad fraud Yeah, huge ad fraud and it's... as publishers there's a burden to them to make sure that's all everything's up and up yeah Lead,
1: lead fraud is pretty big as lead well. Lead
0: fraud. I have personally caught suppliers who filled in leads for a customer. It's every five seconds or something, wasn't it? A lead is being triggered every. Five I, don't, seconds. I don't know what number it was, but I yeah. caught. I personally caught. I think it was two or three leads where I where where I heard the call center speak to the, the customer and the customer. I heard the recording and the customer said, "I did not fill in the lead. Yeah. Someone else called me yeah. and filled it in for me They're on the phone. For me. Yeah, yeah, which is and, ridiculous. And this is this is the problem with leads that. There is so much like
1: we, we talk about ad fraud. But the thing actually, is with you know, ad fraud, if yeah. I use
0: an ad fraud software, I could find that out. But with yeah. lead fraud, I cannot because it's qualitative. It's much harder to detect. It's qualitative. You, you can just go off and
1: buy twenty thousand leads from some dodgy source yes. and have someone pay them like you know twenty dirhams an hour just to slowly tap those in as you want.
0: Put in different different and, names, make up numbers exactly. Uh, put put in fake emails
1: exactly. But what was your what was your favorite? It's like na at gmail.com. Oh, but there's
0: yeah. everyone sees that. Yeah, everyone sees that. Or you know, it's just. Everyone yeah, says yeah, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Is that okay? But the, the burden and false. So I think this burden is on the client. Yeah, mm-hmm. most of it. Nine percent is on the client. We need to, as clients, need to stop asking for just leads. Yeah, we start asking for quality leads. And we, and if publishers will not give us quality leads, then they have to be. They have to be. I don't know. There has to be something that happens. Yeah. Either they get cut out, or they, You know, what I mean? but something has to happen. Yeah. And when I say quality of lead, we have to actually be able to talk to this person. He has to be able to speak a language. Yeah. He has, be, the, the if mm. he has to have the salary range of the product. If it's an apartment, he has to have the salary range. The person has to be, I don't know, there has to be restrictions and then you have to put, basically hold the, uh, the publisher liable for it. Yep. But as a client, maybe we should start moving away from CPL. This yep. is why I started talking about CPQL, cost per quality lead. Qual- qualitative and, you know, yeah. Quality if, lead.
1: If, uh, like an effect, What was the other one that they, they use in France a lot? It's uh, uh, easy, effective CPL. Effective CPL. Yeah, same thing. Yes. But it's, it's strange because then should not be a much higher cost. Yes. This you is know? where clients have to also understand because yeah, yeah. when
0: the briefs go out from clients and I've seen it from the agency side, yeah. I want this many leads at this cost. Mm. That has to go. Yeah, yeah. That has to go.
1: Well, how, how about this? If if you, for example, are a client and you're briefing me as, say, the supplier, you say, look, I'm only going to uh, uh, I'm only going to uh, bill you on the campaign. I'm only going to invoice you on the amount of effective uh, yes. CPLs I get. And I say, okay, I'm going to be a customer. I'm going to take your automotive product and you're only going to bill me on the amount of miles I drive it. Fair enough because interesting it's it's tricky because that's kind of another argument because then you know we were like yeah yeah because like the idea is as a client you are buying inventory you're buying a product yes you're buying inventory and a product from a supplier and in that sense there has to be a kind of a look we're buying it because you know it's an effective either marketplace or an effective source and if it's not effective but that's That's the whole thing, getting back down to what we spoke about, the attribution model. Yes. And most people, as you say, either they don't care or they don't have the capability because it's expensive. As soon as you say the word digital transformation, you have CFOs collapsing into their morning coffee going, no way can I afford to spend $100,000 a month for the next six months because he's going to be like, is this going to work? You know, it may or may not work, but he needs to do it. Otherwise, again, it's just... You're just praying out there, you
0: know. I think the liabilities on the reason the liabilities on the the supplier to a point is that that the leads that, that are generated from the ads on the website. That means that the targeting, is a reflective of the targeting. Mm. If for, first of all, if the targeting is not done right, then it means the wrong people are filling in leads. That means the quality is dropping, right? So I'm fine. This this is a, this is why we sell clients, and I think they need to be aware of. Get rid of CPL, first of all. Let's all agree that CPL is not effective. It's a shallow metric. That doesn't mean anything. Hallelujah. Run a CPQL or a cost per sale. That is, that is your prerogative. Yeah. But put the mm. right dollar amount to it. Mm. Don't say, I want my CPQL to be lower than my old CPL. That's not going to happen. It should be double.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I would, I wouldn't even, I would, I would Minimum. It
0: should, exactly. It should be even cl- close. that. Yeah. you need to look at your history. I always like to do this. Like, like, you have two kinds of clients, either. A st- okay, let's look at startups and then existing customers, right? Mm-hmm. Existing clients, you need to look at your historical database. You need to look at your data. Yeah. Be like, cool. For the last 10 years or whatever, last year, I sold this many, First of all, you have to have attribution. Mm -hmm. It all comes down to attribution. You have to have that in place. And then after you have attribution, you run something called a benchmark, right? So let's say you you do all your systems. Everything's 100% right. You now have 100% attribution. Run it for two months or a month, whatever you want. Run it for a quarter. Then you look at it. Cool. Now, this publisher generated this many leads. This percentage was quality. So my CPQL from this publisher is this amount. Mm -hmm. And then he generated this many sales. So my cost per sale is this amount. And that way when you approach your supplier again, be like, all right, cool. This is how well you did before. Yeah. I want to do the same. Yep. So I'm not even gonna look at CPL. I'm gonna look at CPQL. This is how much you did, this is how much the CPQL you achieved. Mm-hmm. This is how much the cost per sale you achieved. Are you willing to work on this model? I would like it to be better, but this will be the benchmark. If you achieve better, great. If not, at least achieve the benchmark. Is that fair? Hmm. I think it's fair. And I think the way to look at it is as well, um,
1: uh, my my old my, my old analogy of this is someone's like, well, I want a, a lower a low uh, or Q or E E C P L. I was like, look, a, if you can find me one for that price, I'll
0: bat off you and get twenty percent. Forget lower. Forget lower. We're, yeah. we, we we will agree that lower is not the way to go. Hmm. But I would say is look, I like that's why I look at historical benchmark. What you have achieved is the benchmark you work on. Yeah. So yeah. let's say your let's say your C P L was thirty dollars, but your C P Q L was one hundred and twenty dollars, and your cost per sale was five hundred dollars, you should approach your supplier be like, all right, cool, I want to a CPQL of 120 and a CPS of, of $500. Done. Sold. Let's forget CPL. Yeah. That's done. It's c- a useless metric. C-
1: c- it's a useless, um, it's a legacy metric. Yes. Right? It's,
0: it's, it's a shallow, I look at, yeah. I call it shallow metric. It yeah, means yeah. nothing to me. Yeah, yeah. If I see CPL, a uh, CPL on a campaign, for me, that's a shallow metric. Mm.
1: But again, there needs to be an education. Like I've had yes. cl- I have a client say, oh, my CPA is 38 cents. I'm like, if your CPA is Uh, $0.38... How's your cost per sale? Exactly. How's your cost per sale? You you shouldn't shouldn't even be speaking to me if your CPA is $0.38. I'll bat off you for like, you know, $3. Yeah, if your CPA
0: CPA is $0.38, you should be having... A hundred thousand dollar commission because you're selling that many cars, that exactly. many real estate, that many properties, or this, whatever. This is for electronics, it wasn't for automotive. You were you're selling so much, exactly. you should be rolling in the dough. He knew he was lying. Yeah. And, and your like, your stock option should yeah. be like two hundred percent yeah, or no.
1: Exactly, but it was just aggressive, like muscular thing. And it's like, right, my C, my CPA is like uh, cost per ac- acquisition was thirty eight cent. And I was like, come on, man. You and I know that's not true. If yeah, you're yeah. getting thirty eight cent on on thing for electronic goods you know
0: you should you're it, you're, you're, you're honestly i'll bu- let me i'll buy a hundred thousand dollars of stocks yeah, right now because you're you're making because exa- you're not better than apple exactly you're not more you're not more profitable than apple it's, it's david blaine cpa <laughs> it's like you know what's
1: next you know yeah but that's the thing though that how this thing particularly here this is one of the world's most expensive media worlds isn't it in terms yes. of sort of out of home radio tv yes digital i think is probably right up there in terms of say a billboard cpm here probably more expensive than a U.S. North American billboard. Who knows? I heard.
0: I heard. CP, I, I don't know, but I've heard CPM rates in America are more. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's the end result. Yeah, yeah. It's you're, the ROI. You're dealing
1: with that population. It's more addressable. This but but then, but the won't...
0: transparency issues are more solved. The technology is more there, yeah. and the ROI is more visible. So That's when you it. pay a, when you pay premium, mm-hmm. you're getting premium. Exactly. And it's reflective in ROI. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the big and difference. And it's regulated. Yes. So, so imagine if you and I sat down and said, okay, let's, let's hey, I this. heard I heard IAB opened here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. We're not going to open that discussion, but we, oh, I, my chair uh, IAB has opened here. Yeah. But, uh, but we sat
1: on a regulatory board, um, ironically, most people sit on the regulatory board here are part of owners of media. Yes, systems. it's conflict of interest. Yeah. Massively. Massively, of interest. Massively, yeah. But in the same sense, it's the Habibi deals, whatever, you know. I don't know, man. What way do
0: you see the future then? Of our industry or digital general?
1: Let's just take this region
0: and then, uh, well, like
1: uh, our industry, uh, yeah, yeah, me- media land. Oh, right. Our okay,
0: I'll tell you exactly how I see it. I see the next five years nothing changing. Really, I don't think anything's changing. No, oh, no, no, I
1: I, I see it's moving specifically uh, media, I don't think media, media and um, I don't think automotive, Where? has to change. Has to move to subscription. People no longer. Oh,
0: oh talk about automotive. I talk about uh, media buying. M- media buying for automotive. Media buy for Automotive. I don't think agency model is going to change. Agency model, I think, has to stay because... I inti- don't think the way we work with agencies... Now, yeah. why... Why? I, and I released an article about this. Please check it on LinkedIn. It's called... Uh, something about consulting. I mean, <laughs> you forgot, forgot my read an article. Do <laughs> you know why? Because why? the publisher changed the title. Oh, um, right. So, I wrote an article about Accenture in the States. I don't know if you, you're aware of what's going on with yeah, Accenture. Yeah, yeah. So, Accenture has been, has been doing something... Ma- so, Accenture has been notorious at auditing media accounts for Mm. the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, right? Yeah, yeah. I even remember working on an account where I would have to send the programmatic media buying sheet of CPMs to each audience to Accenture. I don't know if it was global. I think it was globally, Accenture. And they would audit. So Accenture has been knowing everything about programmatic media. They're very smart. Right. So these consultants have been billing clients and at the same time learning everything there is about programmatic. brilliant, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So they've been doing that. Now Accenture... Obviously, has Accenture Interactive, mm. a programmatic media buying arm in the yeah. States. Yeah, yeah. Acquired Droga 5. Droga 5 was a um, up-and-comer creative agency that was rivaling, ri- like rivaling the, the, all the major creative agencies of okay. the big four. Yeah, yeah. So, it bought Droga 5. Uh-huh. So, you now have Accenture Interactive and you have all the the, the genius. They're smart people. Yeah. They're data scientists. They're mathematicians. Mm. They are way ahead in terms oh, of yeah. number understanding. Super alphas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and they have the auditors and now they have creative. So, right yeah. now, Accenture is pitching media accounts. Wow. Not just from an auditing to a media buying to a creative. To the point is, now WPP two or three weeks ago released the fact that they are boycotting every pitch that Accenture goes to That's because awesome. they do not want to compete. That's nuts. They That's don't nuts. want to compete because they know Accenture is coming with a full 360 solution. Accenture is very smart too. Yeah, yeah. Accenture doesn't need to arbitrage Yeah. because they're billing you $300 an hour consulting hours. They're ready. They're, they don't need it, they're already in your house. Do you know what I mean? They're ready in your house. They don't need it. They can go 100% transparent yeah. Yeah. and bill you exorbitant consulting hours and they have locked it down. So I think the future of the of the region is that, mm. but not much slower than the rest of the world.
1: It's interesting, man. It's interesting. Because w- w- one of the things I've saw recently is that creative agencies are now ha- hiring media, media buyers. Mm. Isn't that cool? I do so like, not know that. We, we, we'll do your buyers. Locally? Yeah. We'll do your banners, but we'll also buy your media. Smart, it's like, it's nice man. It's so you, very see, you, smart. You, you think? You think of that fee? Respect. So you say that? I'll ask like, offline Flying it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But was, say, imagine the creative fee, right? No, no. It was a recruiter asked me? He said, "Can you find oh, okay. me?
0: Can you find me?" Uh, for, a four for, for a creative agency that wants someone media buying. Exactly. Very interesting.
1: And and I I thought it was, it was this morning. And I said I must have re, I must have read this wrong. This guy wants a media buyer for a creative agency. Wow. So So you imagine you've got your creative costs and you've got your media buyer. As on. a
0: client, I would if I'm a, if I'm a client. Why the problem is with clients is you have so many kind of agencies. Yeah. You have your PR agency. You have your media buying agency. Your social media agency. You have your community management, which is different than your paid media, yeah, uh, social yeah. media, right? Exactly. Then you have your creative and then you have your consultants and then mm. you have your auditors. You have so many agencies. Yeah. If an agency comes to you as a client, let's say, you imagine your client. I go, hey, listen, I'll do your media buying. Yep. You know what? I'll even give you access to the dashboard so it's 100% transparent. I will do your creative. I will run automation software for you. You know those automations you want to talk to? I'll run it for you, Yeah. right? Put an AI here and there. I'll throw a bit of AI. Yeah. I'll give you a DMP. Yeah. Everything you want, pay me this much per month.
1: Would you say no? thing is, it's, prob- you say no? it's probably like 20% more than the median. Like, of course you'd say yes. Why would I say no? Cause no if, I, if one place I have to go to that does everything for it me. Does everything and- for you. And when it comes down to renewal, you're like, well, look, you guys charge me X. X. Charge me X last year. I want to renegotiate. i say, like, of course. Because what they charge them X is probably like 900% of the actual marketplace. Yeah. And the idea is, it's, it's, oh, it's an economy of scale. You're getting everything then. And do you know what? To retain you as a client, we'll give you... Our diversity and inclusion uh, engagement manager, yeah. like what, what, what is that? What's the new thing that's happening. Have you
0: next? are, are you aware of how pitching works from the agency side? Mm. It's the ridiculous. RFPs. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. I what have, happens? Yeah, it's, it's it's such a as,
1: as a client uh, many years ago, we had an RFP out, RFP out for uh, for SEM, and uh, one uh, agency that you used to work for didn't even respond. They missed the deadline, and we were stunned. They were our, our main one main... of the big four. Yeah. And they, they were our media buying agency. Wow. And, and they, uh, to be honest with you, they almost rejected the, the brief. And we were flabbergasted because in our, in our mind, we were sure they were going to win it because it would allow us an economy of scale. We liked them. We We've worked flabber- with them before. They have all the benchmarks, right? Yeah, exactly. They know everything. Yeah, so we ended up using this little small boutique agency and, and they and they were flabbergasted. What do you wanted. think about boutique versus the big four? I like boutique. I like boutique because the thing is with a boutique, you can you, you, it's much it's a much more flexible boundaries. Mm. I can ring my account director. I can ring the owner on Friday at nine p.m. and say, look, I'm really worried about this account. And uh, you, you have this very kind of uh, you know closer, you know, almost incestuous relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where he's so involved in your business and you know that you can control them and you can get so much more extra value. Where if you're with a big four, they're like, nope, nope, we can't do that. We can't do your PMP. Uh, or we can't do your creative. Where this guy this little boutique agency mm. he, he done everything from html creatives on a saturday night yeah, at 7 like p.m to you know helping with a media buy to arabic do right to left translations The yeah, yeah. thing is it all depends on the quality of the agency
0: yeah but it all and, but it is
1: it comes out to quality 100%. exactly but it also depends if you're quality if you're a quality client if you're just going to like get your agency and just like rape them you know like if you're going to like just, like destroy them and like take advantage and manipulate, of course they don't want to work with you. Like, No, I would it's, it's not profitable. Why would they? But we enabled this small agency to become a lot, much larger agency, hire really more it. headcount, and then they got acquired by WPP because they had so much business from us. Do you know what I mean? So in the end, the big four won out. Yeah,
0: of course. They, yeah, always buy you out. Always buy you out. Um, So one thing the I really don't like about pitching, because in the end, the, the end result of it seems, from the pitches I've worked on, the pitches that I've known and heard of, they've yeah. always the objective is always the same. Hmm. How can the client get more? How can a client get more AV? How can... So what happens? This is what happens. Mm-hmm. It happens every year. every year. A big account goes on pitch. Yeah, yeah. Everyone dies. What everyone does is burn price. Like he, they, they torch the price. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll basically talk to every supplier and then what they do is they'll torch prices for a year yeah. and make it up the second year. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, but yeah. You know who suffers? The little planner, the junior exec who's yeah. saying they're working 18 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. And try and do everything at once is because the, you know the, 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 it's it's a horrible process. Yeah, it's a horrible process.
1: That's that's the thing. If someone said to me now, would you want to work in media, uh,
0: media sales,
1: or media planning? It is. It is. It is really, really tight. But it is. ironically, it is. It's a long-standing industry. Like you should do a podcast on 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 the history of, of media. There's
0: nine of statistics. I've been trying to look for it. Yeah, but like, I feel like the the, the number the, the, the information's not there.
1: Yeah, like when Kellogg started to first buy like newspaper ads and stuff like that, and, you know,
0: I don't know where this is all documented. I've been thinking about it for a while now. I don't know where to find yeah. even the information.
1: We should we do a theme night? You know, yeah, of like uh, old
0: school media. Buying I think you'd have like to that. start at Schwager Group. Mm. You'd, have, here, here they, you'd have to start a Group. You'd yeah. have to, Group. They yeah, have to yeah. get someone from Shreya Group come in and talk about the history of the organization because yeah. they're they the ones who started it all here. Or,
1: or pre, I, pre- when ITP wasn't ITP it was something else, right? Mm, yeah, before they joined. Yeah, they exactly, like, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be hear. very cool. We just yeah. have to find the right people. Probably, probably start with the radio stations. Could
0: yeah, do. Because that's that's like Not Virgin though before Virgin.
1: Yeah, Virgin yeah. Virgin's easy it, to find, it, right? It would be ARN, right? Yes. It would be ARN. And the idea behind that is like back in the days the uh RAF still had an open channel radio and that used to be like an RAF. Like, oh, really? Like, yeah, man. Yeah. Very it's like, cool. Yeah, because back in the days was like, it was the place to be, you know, in yes, the it 70s was. and 80s. Yeah, yeah. that would be interesting to have. that would be really cool. Because yeah, yeah. so many people, when they come here and they work in media, or even if they're on brand side as well, that they do kind of take for granted a lot of the things, a lot of the progress we have made as well, though. And because uh, you know it'd be it'd be, it'd be it'd be good to see, good to see, and then we can talk
0: about future tech as well. Yes. Yeah. Let's move on to influencer. We talk about influencer. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Do you think, in any capacity, is influencer marketing effective? It's 100 percent
1: effective if done well. What is done well? So, if first of all, when we say influencer, I wish people would use the word uh, authenticity. Yeah. And you find a lot of influencers here very unauthentic.
0: And uh, are you talking about in terms of like fake versus real, authentic as in content? Yeah.
1: Which one? Exactly. So, content which is authentic. So, mm. from my point of view, you always trying to relate to personal experience. Um, collecting vintage watches and interested in dive yes. watches, interested in brands, and some of the most. Will effective... You of yourself
0: as an influencer? No, no, okay, no, no yeah. way. No, hope... you're, just, you're just a guy who loves to collect watches. Yeah, exactly. And loves cars. Yeah, that's okay. it. That's it. And Have you been approached by any brands?
1: Yeah, yeah, big, big, big British brand. But
0: ever done anything with them? Or no? yeah, I did okay. it.
1: Okay, free of charge. I refuse. Oh, to... That's awesome. I refuse to take payment in the sense that. I love their brand, and I was kind of privileged and honored that they reached out to me. And the two founders were really, really cool guys. And what they used to do with a lot of their uh, profits was put it back into like good organizations, charities. Good for them. Yeah, they were decent guys. Really decent guys. And from my point of view, they approached me as a macro influencer. Because they said, macro, even smaller than micro. And and the idea was that they said the chances are that when you post something, all your friends are very similar to you, Will actually engage with you uh, I swear, I think. more than like if you kind of just do the whole sponsor thing i think if it's done effectively i think it can be devastatingly effective so for example if you said to me um i'll look around this room for example and say what's this all this and it's macro influencing is essentially word of mouth Yes, it is. All and it is, I, and it works really well. But influencer, like the top, two, I, I've I've dealt with, uh, I've done consultancy work for uh, Amazon for one of their sub brands, okay, uh, for fashion influencing, and it was horrific. You're dealing with, uh, you know, these thundering egos in Kuwait, charging like fifteen like thousand dollars.
0: Those are not micro influencers. These are monster influencers. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Godzillas like of influence. Million.
1: Horrific. And the point is, that was so ineffective. But but they they were like, look, we need to get to two hundred thousand followers for our, our fashion brand. What a bad metric! Horrific, horrific, man! But the engagement was—they're like we don't care. But ironically, their their point was it was just land and expand. We want to land and expand in the middle. I've, East.
0: I've worked I've worked with some influencers on an account, and we're talking about the three four million. It was a nightmare. Wow. They're divas, oh. not and if they're not divas, their manager are divas. It's exactly. just horrendous working with them. I don't think I a couple agree. Is I think influencer marketing has been horribly abused. Yeah um but can be very effective just mm-hmm. like email sms it can be very effective if done right yeah i just it has it just it's, it has to change it has to change per brand per object it has to change massively even the approach i think has to be different yeah. Sp- like just an influencer posting using a product i think is wrong oh,
1: That's disgusting that i don't the, think it's the right way to do it either the, the, the cliche of like teeth whitening but you're a motorsport personality or you're an olympic athlete but you're pushing a teeth whitening product it's like, come on, that's just so, that's so, that's so disingenuous. It's such yes. a joke. And the idea, like yes. okay, if you're, say, an Olympic athlete uh, and you're like, right, like, I'm pushing this particular, whatever, trainer or whatnot, I'm like, oh, I'll listen, I was at the um, the open in Royal Port Rush, close yes. to where I live, and I was looking to see what the celebrities there were, 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 were pushing and what was being done. Rolex were going nuts because they're obviously sponsoring it, but they didn't really do a lot of posts. And their view is like, we don't really need uh, to, 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 to leverage ourselves out like that, you know? And it's quite authentic. Um, again, if it's done authentically, if it's. how, how Let's look at it. here
0: okay. yeah. okay, how would you use a massive influencer? Let's say one of those monster 10 million, 20 million, 30 million. Yeah. What would be an effective way to use him, you think? I, it would it would have
1: to it would have to be a have to be a, a tactical campaign okay. where if you're doing an offer, if it's, say like something like Dubai Shopping Week or yeah, uh, yeah. something like that, and there's a, a competitions. Uh, traditionally, in the past, uh, com- uh, competitions were huge on social media. Yes, it was the hashtag. It's a real derogatory one. It's wish to win, and you have yes. a lot of a lot of people from certain certain nationalities wish to win, and they spam them. But th- that works because then, then you're dealing with the masses, right? Yes. But if you if you're dealing with something really like say for example. You discover, uh, you, you say, get, say, um, for want of a better word, you, you get a, a, a beehive on, yes. top, on top of your house right now. And you start making, say, springs, springs honey, organic <laughs> honey, right? You know, like, 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 like this, this, this you know, and you come up with a brand and you're, you're an effective marketeer, you know what you're doing. And uh, you start pushing that out to market, right? And you actually become a micro, macro brand. But you need people say, like, uh, me, my family, whatnot, to enjoy this product. Mm. And that could be kind of cool. And that, and that supports community. And, yes. that's, and that's the difference. Uh, that mass influencers have no interest in community. And Instagram, believe it or not, actually was formed about a photo- photographic community. Yes. Okay, it's fully monetized now. And it has to be Facebook group is a business and blah, blah, blah. But years ago, it was all about community. And, and the nice thing about community, it's the same way. We live in a community. And you know, it'd be nice if we can actually know each other and what each other what other like and we can yes. support each other. So I th- I think that's the way to look at um social media social media influencing. I don't like the, the mass profiles because you know no, it's no.
0: you know it's so heavily monetized in the You know, I always like to find a way to, to hack it in a different way. For example, let's let's break it down. Let's imagine I have a honey brand. Yeah. And I, I have my own honey. Husam honey. Hussam honey, right? Yeah. Who's honey? Right? <laughs> Sold. Digital honey, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I would basically the way I would do it is, I'd like to go to influencers who are completely outside of my category. Right. I like it. I like it when when things go cross categories. Mm. But I, I love doing it in a way that it's not in your face. Okay. For example, I would go to let's say I, I'm, I'm honey, whatever it is. I'll go to a gaming influencer, for example. Wow. And I'll do a video, an Insta story. Like I don't like those professional done videos. I'll do like yeah. an Insta story of us gaming. While having a sandwich, know, a honey sandwich. Yeah, yeah. But I'll never talk about the brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and it's like kind of, that. So it's authentic. I love to game. Yeah, yeah. It's authentic. I love to game, and I'll happen to have my product there. Yeah, it's in like, a way you might have it
1: in your tea or whatever it is. Whatever. And and it's nice because you're not overly pushing it. Yeah.
0: And I'm connecting yeah. to that influencer. I'm connecting to his his his, his audience. Yeah. And I like I like when when people do that. I like it when they you you can go cross. I don't have to only just go to a food blogger. Or for example, I would love to start a series. Mm. What I would also do is, for example, I'll start a series of how to have your own honey farm.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Beekeeping. Uh, Beekeeping. Yeah, yeah. How to have your how to have how to have a beekeeping farm, or a little beekeeping thing in Dubai. Mm. How to have it? I'll give and I'll give free knowledge. Here's how I get here. The equipment. Here's how I do it. I don't even talk about my brand.
1: Exactly. So much urban honey
0: here. It would work. It that's would what work. I would do.
1: But like it would work. but again that's 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 the authenticity of it. Yes. You're not ramming it down people yep. so literally, you yep. know. I remember years ago, the best that we heard about um a brand being a semi influencer was um a good motoring journalist friend was invited to uh Mongolia Ooh. uh to go dig up dinosaur bones. And Mongolia is one of the best places to do this. How cool is that so cool. So you have a motoring guy yeah. who's going to a country because so you got dinosaurs, basically Indiana Jones, but in the Mongolia, awesome right? And the thing is, he said there's parts of where you go to; it's all this clay desert in the uh, Gobi, yeah. And you would like you would, like tap tap like part of a dune and like bones would fall out. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like wow. it's like billions of dinosaurs. But the idea was that the brand that they used, the vehicles they used to get to the site, it was like obviously river crossings. It was treacherous, you know. But they weren't
0: in your face exactly, but yeah. it's
1: just showing that they were a good Japanese. Off-road
0: brand. That's very cool,
1: isn't it? Yeah. And like, there's, they had to use these cars as workhorses. It was, it was the, you know, the destination. Uh, sorry, the journey was better than the destination, and yeah. just the brand was associated. But not Do you part know of
0: it. one of the best things? And I would Top Gear, but Jeremy Clarkson, Top Gear. Hmm. Those. Series, remember they did those episodes with like a like a, like a three hour episode? Yeah. Where they, like for example, they took a Toyota Hilux and they went to the Arctic. Yeah, they tried to kill it. You know what I mean? They yeah, tried yeah. to kill it. Yeah. That is the greatest content for Toyota. Yeah, for sure. The flip side is that every ISIS video
1: that appears in the net, you've got the same Toyota Hilux, yeah, with an anti tank on it. But, um, but you know
0: what I mean, like that, like if I was a car, like that was that was genius, yeah, yeah, for sure. That was awesome, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so I love those are kind of things that because it was so entertaining. Now, no one could tell me that did not do something positive for Toyota, yeah, yeah, it definitely did, yeah, yeah. For sure, it definitely brought up either awareness or smart, something happened to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that actually, this look, so I think if you start doing that with an authentic, I love your, I love your thought about authenticity. It's so important. But if you do something like that, where you just add value to the customer and don't ask for anything, I think yeah. giving something away for free has so much value. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true because when I worked for this
1: brand, uh, a British brand and uh, watchmaking brand and um, relatively big brand as well. But they said, "Look, uh, the founders loved your content." And I, my reward was just to hear that these guys that i have i been following for twenty years uh, and watched them kind of like launch launch a brand. I was like, i was just so happy that the guys were impressed and pleased," mm. you know. And there's another guy I follow, um, a photographer. Like he's he his degree is in photography, so hence Instagram works for him very well. Yeah, but if he touches certain brands. Uh, people go nuts. They're like, yeah. like "No, no, look, no, no, I'm a photographer. I'm just capturing stuff on the Riviera. Uh, next week, it could be in Japan, wherever it is, and uh, stuff like that." It's, I think it should all be about the story. You yes, know? it should all be about the story. Do you
0: know, you know Gary Vee, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I absolutely, I've, I've been following Gary Vee for know, three, four years. Absolutely, I'm in love with the guy. He's amazing. Why is he so successful? Why was he able to open a a hundred million dollar I don't know how much his agency you know he has his own media agency VaynerMedia right now he's rivaling the big four in New York he's Mm. killing it I think he opened an office in California London I think he's opening one in Asia he's killing it he's killing it right he has like thousands of employees now why has he killed it so much because he gives away free knowledge yeah yeah he has built a personal brand on giving away free information. Yeah. So yeah. if you go to his page, he's literally talking. He's giving free away free stuff. When he, you know, uh, you, you ever heard of Move You? Yeah, yeah. I lo- I follow those guys. They're amazing. Why? Because all their Instagram and why they're doing so. They're killing it in terms yeah. of their paid program. They give, their, all their Instagram is videos of giving away free tips, yeah. free things, how to fix, how to, you know, how Hacks. to fix your, how Hacks. to ha- hack, hack, hack yeah. your body, how yeah, yeah, to yeah. fix your shoulders. It's all free information. Yeah, I think yeah. it's so, giving away free stuff and free information has so much ROI for a company oh, that you don't realize it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing though, is like, are you helping? I said, you're, are, yes. you, are you helping the community? Or are you hindering yes. by like just putting up something to do with like teeth whitening or something like yes. that? Garbage, you know, like sponsored by Power Horse. You know, it's like, yes, but I know nothing about the car type of thing and stuff like yes. that, but the marketing, the marketing uh, remit said that we had to spend $30,000 on this influencer mm. and, and people know it's faked, you know, it's the same if you meet somebody for the first time, you can tell if they're fake, you can tell if it's forced, you can tell if it's overcompensating you know, yes. like the really cool influencers, you have to. these guys don't really give, they don't really, they don't really care. Like they're, they're doing their own thing. Yes. They're super happy already. The, the chances are most of the people we follow are really cool people naturally. Right. They're the people that we want to know. Yes. Want to aspire to. And they don't need, they don't need the attention, you know, and that's, and that's, and that's the thing. But, um, you should be an
0: influencer then. Yeah. I don't people, I don't think people want to hear what I got to say. <laughs> Man, we've been I'm sat lo- here for a while. We up. hope so. We're two, we're two hours in. Mm. Uh, should we wrap this up? yeah man, uh yeah. Do, do you want people to reach out to you anyway or, or no it's good it's good i think um, well ca- cars cars and watches they can reach out right yeah 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 exactly man and let's uh reach out. Let's,
1: okay. this has been superb and let's let's try and like do more of these as for well it's sure, about time yeah about for sure time.
0: and uh, if whoever wants to re- reach out to me i'm super active on linkedin uh Mahaj. instagram is still uh, i'm still trying to figure out my growth game on Inst- instagram It's digital who's twitter digital who's and uh, yeah, check out my content. Uh, Aussies, I'm sure can be found uh, yeah, any, vin- everywhere. Vintage watch to buy. Anything watches a car. He, he posts some really cool uh, posts about some awesome cars. Where do you find these cars, by the way? That one was cool in London, right? The white Lambo? You, 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 you didn't find cars here. Where are yeah. you finding these cars? It's just I think if it's Is it just it, random? Like if, you just stumble upon them? If, if you have an interest in something, this stuff kind of finds you, right? Do you know what I mean? Look, actually, look, you have a picture of like a car in front of like some random supermarket of this vintage That's car. My car. Is that your is that your car yeah the black mark that's your car yeah, that's the beauty yeah. and everybody beauty.
1: thinks that the the bridge is being from the top down but it's not there's a building in front of it being built in front is of the bridge a... yeah yeah that's where city walk is now yeah that's mine that was uh
0: years ago yeah very cool man yeah yeah. very very cool yeah so anything watches and cars check it out man it's really cool stuff uh so i always always say i like watches a car but i don't have the knowledge i don't I don't. For me, I, I'm not interested enough to learn. Hmm. That's my problem. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love, I love them, in a way that I like the aesthetic look of it. But I'm not interested. Enough, but I, every time I check out yourself, I'm like, man, those that's really cool stuff. I wish I would know more. Nah, it's it's. Thank you so much, buddy. But
1: the idea is that the. If you, if you really love something, you always find a way that's to get true. more
0: into it, though. Right? No, but you could tell there's a lot of passion there, so I appreciate that. So, anything watch and car, check them out. Vintage watches, it is Vintage watch to buy. And if, yeah, anything yeah. Yeah, media related, work related, hit them up on LinkedIn. You're, on, you're active? Yeah, man, yeah. There you sure. go. And I'm on there, uh, on who, uh Haj. hit me up. And that's it, guys. Uh, thanks, Ozzy, so for being here. Thank you, buddy. And this has been Let's Take This Online. Uh, take it easy, everyone.